Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, they all together. Are you with me now? Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And I've got something I want to tell Adam about because I didn't think I was going to have a chance to watch it. Couldn't sleep last night because we really didn't have much to talk about today. We're just going to, like, bullshit. But I watched the... Okay, not all of the first two. I'm about ten minutes out from finishing the second episode. But... I watched the first two episodes of Mrs. Davis last night. Ah, okay. I remember you were saying that you were going to see if you could. Um, I have, I have not. Um, That's on my list of things to watch. I had to do a Ted Lasso um, catch up because we missed the last two episodes. And uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, no. Okay. So. And. Okay. This is either. (laughs) The dumbest fucking show I've ever seen in my life. Or the most brilliant thing ever written. Oh, man. And, and with Damon Lindelof, that could be, like, that. that's a 50-50 chance. I mean, it, let's be honest here. It is like Grant Morrison and Tommy Wiseau wrote The Matrix for James Mangold to direct. Holy shit. Like, that is something that I really need to see now. Like, you just say, like, oh, my God. That compare that comp, I, I'm, I'm in. Like, uh, I'm, I'm can, can in. Can I spoil, like, the first ten minutes of the first episode? Please do. Please do. Like, I, you know me, man. Like, I'm not gonna, like, if you're, if you're saying that, then, like, it, I'm like, Dude, I, yes, please. There is, every time something happens, I'm like, what? And then the next scene, I'm like, what? What the fuck is going on? Um, so it opens in, like, I don't know, the 1600s or something. And uh, these, like, knights are, are like, raiding uh, this village or something. It, it, I don't really know what they're doing. And okay. they're, like like killing people and like they come on this like group of women and uh Mm -hmm. they're i think they're speaking french but i'm not sure and they're demanding to know where the knights templar are now if you know your uh i don't want to say mythology that offends people but um if you know your quote history knights templar guardians of uh the uh, uh holy grail right so, I mean, if you've seen Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, you kind of know. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and they're, like, threatening this group of women. I guess they're supposed to be nuns or something. Um, or you're meant to think they are. I don't know. Anyway, th- there's a, like, back and forth. And one of them, like, one of the dudes is standing there, like, just talking. And all of a sudden, he's beheaded. And then there's this woman wow. behind him, and she says, again, I think it's French, uh, we are the Knights Templar. And these what? fucking ladies pull swords out of nowhere, just nowhere, 
they all suddenly have swords and just start oh my decimating these fucking dudes. So it's it's like <laughs> like those French action movies, right? Like what was it, Brotherhood yeah. of the Wolf or something? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like that, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? So then it cuts to like <clears throat> maybe not present day, or it, it it jumps way into the future, and mm-hmm. you see this like old man who I I don't even know what this means yet, who gets like uh. Not kidnapped, but like convinced to like come with these people, um, mm-hmm. and I I don't know what it's about, but the, the old man has a cat. Guess what the man's name is? I have no clue. Schrodinger. <laughs> His fucking name is Schrodinger. No! Yes. I'm no. like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I don't even know what that scene is about, but it's just like, we should have an old guy with a cat, and we call him Schrodinger. So, like, you know. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. At at first, I'm just like, this is insanely good. Like, this is crazy. It's like watching a French action movie. And then this scene, I'm just like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. I don't even know what they're talking about. Um, And then it cuts to this guy in like Vegas or something with this girl, Mm -hmm. like in a, uh, uh, convertible, like cruising down the street and she's like rubbing his leg. And he's like, is your place far from here? And she's like, you know, so something salacious is going on. And then all of a sudden, uh, the guy goes, Oh my God, a cow. And the woman jerks the car off the side of the road hits a uh like a bill uh, like a low hanging billboard and like there's dust and shit everywhere and the guy's freaking out and he looks over and the girl is beheaded and so he like starts losing his shit there's like blood spurting out of her neck and he gets out of the car and he's like what am i gonna do and these cops roll up and they start questioning him and he's like i i i I have a wife and a kid. I can't be here. And he's like, I, I'm a very important person. Like literally like that's his, he doesn't say like, I'm, you know, he doesn't give an important person like, okay. And he's like, I have $10,000 back in my hotel room. I was never here. If you take me there, like I will give you the money. And they're like, the cops are like, are you trying to bribe us? And then out of fucking nowhere, a nun rides up on a horse like the fucking Lone Ranger. And like she jumps off the horse. And this is uh, the lady that's the star of the show. Um, Okay. She jumps off the horse and she's like, uh, you know, uh, the cops are like, ma'am, get out of here or something like that. And she's like, no, I think I can help. She runs and gets the body, the headless body out of the car starts performing CPR. And she's like, where's the head? Where's the head? And the, the guy that was in the car is like, what the fuck is the, And me too. It's like, what the fuck is happening? And then she stands up. Like, None of this is real. These are uh, wayward mu- magicians. And they're just trying to, like, get money from you. And, like, I what? don't fucking know what, what is going on. <laughs> this, like, this sounds like. Man, this sounds like some kind of like Apex Legends, League of Legends, like whack a mole 
nonsense. Like, it's like an MMO. Like, because, I mean, we all know it's like this, like, like you know, like the whole convention of the story is this whole thing about, like, AI stuff. I, I, this sounds even, like, this is either brilliant or just stupid. Like, yes. really stupid. Like, 100%, oh, my God. man. I, I like, like I I I was like I should just after that I was I should turn this off, but then like in the next scene fucking Margot Martindale shows up and I was like okay well I'm I'm here for Margot Martindale I'm gonna watch this yeah and she's in the rest of the first episode for the most part and then so by the end of the first episode I was like I fucking have to know where this is going like I I, I don't. And I went down this like rabbit hole last night to like try to figure out what the point is. Like, are they being like, is it serious? Is it not? Is it like, I don't know. And I, I did find one interview with uh, Lindelof and the co creator of the show, uh, whose name I'm drawing a blank on. Um, Oh, God, she was on. She was like a, one of the head writers on the Big Bang Theory. Um, okay, but uh, they created the show together, uh, and so their kind of not take on it because it's their baby. But they were like, "We're throwing like everything at the wall. You're meant to just have fun. If you think it's funny, then it." Yes, laugh. Like, it, it's meant to be insane. So, like, yeah. it is intentional, but, like, even intentional stupidity, it just feels like the like the Schrodinger's cat thing. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, who is writing this? That's why I was like, it's like Grant Morrison and Tommy Wiseau, because it, like, has to do with AI. And, like, there's a matrixy element, because, like, for... Oh, I, like I was like, is none of this real? Is this all like a simulation? Like, are they all like plugged uh, into a computer? But it's not that they're plugged in. It's that everybody has these like earpieces. That it's basically uh -huh. serious, and like the whole world is just plugged into this thing, except for a group of people who want to try to shut it down. So it's trying to keep itself from being shut down. Huh. Interesting. It sounds like a like like you said, like a Grant Morrison version of uploaded, um which has a completely different concept, but I and I love that show. Um Me too. that's one of those like that's one of those shows from the from the pandemic, like that was produced outside of the pandemic, became a thing inside of the pandemic and continued on. Um this one just sounds wild. Like, really wild, like that kind of, it sounds like, like you said, it was like Grant Morrison and Tommy Wiseau were huffing paint and talking about AI technology after they saw the common, uh, uh, the, the, the commercial that Common has and just started spitting out crap. And then that's yeah. what came out was this this show. I mean, you know, I like the main reason why I wanted to see it was because I love um, what's her name from uh, the the lead. Um, uh, God, I can't even think some, of her name. Something Gilpin, but I, I can't remember. Yeah, Perry Gilpin. Yeah, uh, Perry Gilpin. Um, uh, I, I 
I love her in like all the things that she's been in. Um, and no, Betty, Betty, Betty Gilpin. Oh, That's Betty, Betty. Yeah. Well, they're I think are they sisters? Uh, they might be related. Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, Betty, Betty Gilpin was in uh, um, the the Glow Show, right on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what she was. That, that's that's what like that's what I know. I know her from that. Um, I think the first time I saw her was on Masters of Sex, um, which is a show that we like. I um, I know. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yep. I liked uh, I watched the first like two seasons of Masters of Sex. That was a good show. It was. It got darker and darker, so it got harder and harder to watch. And by the end it was yeah. Um but uh, she was also in Nurse Jackie, which is a show that I started to watch, but I, I ended up not watching. But uh Glow is where I really kind of I know her from. Uh so uh so yeah. Like seeing her in that, um, she's great in that. Like that show is actually great. It's not as it's not as good as the documentary on on Glow called Glow. Um, that fucking documentary is amazing. Um, if you guys have not seen either of those, please go and watch those because. Uh, and I won't. We won't tell you. Like it's if you know what Glow is, you know what Glow is. But I don't want to. I don't like. There's so many people that don't like that kind of stuff. And I kind of like, I always like to like, kind of like, like, uh, like with that kind of stuff, I was like, hey, watch this and not tell them what it's totally about, because that one aspect turns them off so much, which I never get. Like, you know, we get so many of our action stars from that, that arena now, and they're talented and people have always been talented in that arena. But anyways, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um I'm gonna have to see this, dude. I'm gonna have to see this now. Like you're, you definitely have like convinced me just because it's so whack-a-mole. And you know me, you know my tastes. You know, that, like I love yeah. this. That's this is my the first ten minutes, man. That's the first Jesus ten minutes. Christ. And every, <laughs> every, literal, literally every scene transition, like, is to something where I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I don't like. <laughs> It's just like, what is the craziest thing we can do next? And then they just oh, do man. it. That's, oh. that's, that's great, dude. Uh, that, that, is, that is pretty fucking great. Oh, Chris, man. Uh, what is that dude's name? Chris Dio Diamantopoulos. Um, however you say his last name. He's, uh, he was uh, in uh, Silicon Valley. He's That guy fucks that guy. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, he shows up in the second episode, has a like weirdly <laughs> like like British slash Australian accent for no reason whatsoever, covered in fake tan, and is just like this what? basically that same character from Silicon Valley, but yeah. lead, leading a resistance. And it's just like <laughs> it's like they okay. people show up to set and they go, "What do you think your character should be?" Like, go as crazy as you want to be, and so that's what they just go with. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god, dude! Like, um, that's okay. Yeah, I need to see this. I mean, I, move it to, to the top of the list. Just... I I okay. I don't know about your. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if this is a show you can convince anybody. 
like, because I, I don't know what your wife's tastes are. So, like, yeah. she might sit down and watch it and get to the point where they hit a fake cow and, like, these magicians are trying to scam a dude out of money because magicians are the new, like, uh, I, I don't even want to say con man because it, it's fucking weird. Like, it's just like bands of <laughs> magicians roaming the countryside, fleecing people for money. It's like, how is that a thing? Like, and it is a thing, like, because it comes up two or three times. <laughs> and oh, Jesus so, Christ, dude, that's uh, funny. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, it, uh, in the uh, second episode, um, uh, uh, Dewey from Scream, uh, David Arquette shows up yeah. as, like, they do a f- whole flashback, and he plays her dad. So, like, there's a what? whole thing where you... Yeah. It, okay. It, it's fuck. It, and it, it's just so fucking weird, man. So yeah, like your wife might sit down to watch it with you, and then after the cow thing, might be like, "This is dumb, and I'm not watching it." And that's totally fair. <laughs> okay. Like that is okay. Yeah. Like um. Wow, okay. Like, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I really want to see this now. Like, um, I, I mean, should jump like, right it to the top like, of your list, man. Cause, and there's four episodes out that when we are done, that is my day <laughs> watching <laughs> this show. Like, it oh is fucking insane. I, I don't, I, I like, I can't even describe like I- anything. Like, Every single, like, jump to the next scene is just like, what? What? She goes to, when she's meeting the resistance, right? She yeah. she finds their base because she stole a motorcycle from this guy. And he's, he's part of this resistance. She found their base because he left the water bill in the back of the motorcycle for the base. Are you kidding me? No. What? What? He's like, how did you find us? She's like, well, like, you left a water bill in the back of your motorcycle. So it wasn't that hard to track you down. (laughs) Like, oh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. This, This show sounds not just wild, but, like, perfectly kind of, like, wow. Okay. Yeah, I've got to see this shit. But I really do. This is so well done. Like there's there's mm. a, a shootout. Uh, there, there's this that beginning scene which mm-hmm. is is cartoonishly graphic, but it's mm-hmm. really well done. You know, that's why I brought up Brotherhood of the Wolf, which I'm sure you've seen. But if anybody's never seen, oh, of it, course, yeah, it's a batshit movie that like it is. is is very like it's really graphic, like uh, blood wise. And everything is kind of like cartoonish, but it's also really, really well filmed. It's it's like like an anime car, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or something, where it's just like we're gonna it's go set as big during as the possible. French Revolution. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> and but everything's gonna be French... bloody, and you know, but it's gonna be like super well done. It's gonna <laughs> look great. Like the 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 action's gonna be really, really good. We're gonna, but yeah. It, it's fucking insane. It's this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Wow. 
okay, yeah, you've got me. You've you've got me hook, line, and sinker because like as soon as you said Brotherhood of the Wolf, I'm like, okay, so it's mixing genres like that. Like it doesn't know that it's insane because it, like like that's the thing that I love about movies, right? Like okay, like like let's talk about Nick Cage. The reason why Nick Cage works, it, like the reason why his performances work is that it's not an act. He actually literally fucking thinks that this is the way to go, and he commits 150 percent. Allah, the way that he's been taught as a method actor, like, right? But his choices are the kinds of shit that our legends of, are made out of. Like, you know, like you look at him and go, is he okay? Like, like, did he, did he do too much cocaine and like, like coarse tranquilizer in the eighties? Because his fucking mind is really <laughs> fucking weird, right? Like all the choices are weird. But they're 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 not from a place of like oh I'm just gonna do this to get attention. This is like his real thing. Like this is his real fucking process. Like when you get undiluted crazy, like Brotherhood of the Wolf. Like Brotherhood of the Wolf is truly like like it takes a concept of this this like I'm not gonna ruin the movie, but it, it's this tale of like this town that's terrorized by a like a giant animal, and they bring the 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 king's the king's scientist and his his sidekick who's played by Mark fucking DeCascos in like as a as a Native American from Canada, <laughs> which is so fucking wrong in every way shape or form. Mark DeCascos has gone on and said that like you know even me as an Asian American or an a, an Asian man, I'm sorry for doing this, but if you take it outside of that. This fucking movie, like, and he's he's a Native American that knows fucking Kung Fu. And the first fucking scene is these two motherfuckers coming into town, rain falling, and they decide, like, they're trying to help this, this gypsy woman who's getting her ass beat and her dad. And they decide to, like, Kung Fu these motherfuckers into oblivion. Like, with slow motion rain coming down. It's like a straight up... The... Wu Ping, the guy who uh, the the guy the 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 kung fu master of the Matrix who did all the fight choreography, his stunt team did Brotherhood of the Wolf. And let me repeat this: this movie takes place in like fucking Marie Antoinette era, fucking yeah. uh, uh, Marie Antoinette era, like France eighteen hundreds. I mean, this movie's fucking wild. So if this movie like if the comp is Mrs. Da is uh, for Mrs. Davis is like an updated AI technology fucking craziness that we like that's not even like it doesn't even sound like in the first two episodes that you've gotten like anywhere close to the plot. It's just all like world building, but world building by like you said, like I just love the comp that we that we brought Grant Morrison, Trans Metropolitan's Grant Grant Morrison into this because. Like that kind of comp, I'm like, like, like I always I'll remember like in the mid aughts when they tried to make Transmetropolitan into a show, and the, the things that I heard that that executives like tried to get through and it just didn't work because Grant Morrison had complete control and he just kind of came up with wilder ideas because he was gonna fleece them for all the money he could, like. This is the kind of shit I heard about Transmetropolitan, the TV show, that was supposed to happen, that never did, which there's a part of me that's glad, but then there's also a part of me that just weeps 
uh, because Jackie Hale early was supposed to be the main character. And it's just like, if I've ever seen somebody who was meant to play a character, it was him and Grant Morris. I can't think of the guy's name in, in the, in the book, but anyway. Spider Jerusalem. I think I never yes. read that. So that was one. Dude, that was, it was uh, you, like, I knew everybody liked it, but I just never read it. So if you like, if you, if, if Mrs. Davis is the way that you're kind of spouting out, um, you may want to get one of the collected editions and just the first one and get, I, you know what? I might actually just send it out to you. Cause I think I have like the first, uh, the first, I think I have all of them. I'll just send them out to you because I mean, I'm never going to read them again. Um, and they're just, they're, they're this kind of wild, except for more of like a Hunter S Thompson because he's a journalist, but journalists are very different in the future. Um, it's that kind of wild. So well, hey, dude, like, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm not a Lindelof hater, but like yeah. that whole crew, like I soured on a lot of the things that they they were doing because mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like uh, it was like Lind, it's like the Lost guys, at like and like yeah. Arto Orsi and like Damon Lindelof and um, the 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 Bad Robot Trust. Yeah. Which, like, you might as well call them the bad, the bad robot mistrust because they were all scions of. Now of this is JJ. where you're gonna get a lot of what of JJ and I. Like, I don't know about you, but like, I've, I mean, I've been on record by saying I dislike JJ Lensflare Abrams' work because all he's doing is he's a photocopy machine, and yeah. the more he fo- like, but he takes the same photo, like he takes the same copy of the thing and makes it a copy and. As we've talked about before, the Michael Keaton multiplicity um, theory of things, when you make a copy of a copy, it's, I like pizza. I like Steve. Like, it's that kind of stupidness. It's that kind of it doesn't work because you're a one-trick pony that you're just photocopying it. And these dudes all do the same thing. I will give a caveat. I will give a star. What gives me hope is when left alone, Damon Lindelof, like, of his own accord— solved the mystery of watchmen right that was the thing where i'm like okay well maybe maybe i, I like linda <clears throat> but like yeah watchmen up until literally right now and, and mrs davis like well it's yet to be seen but like watchmen yeah. it was it, i don't want to say an adaptation but a continuation of a story that he didn't create he was he no. just you know he was able to shepherd it like add a new chapter to something, which was a really, really interesting approach. The show was so fucking good. I know everybody tells me to watch The Leftovers. I watched half the first season and I was like, I'm out. This is, I don't think this is for me. I will go back to it. Before that, we had, he wrote, what, Tomorrowland, which was yeah, like terrible. Like, it's just terrible. Like, it, it was it such ruins- a misfire for everybody involved. Yeah, I mean, literally, Tomorrowland crashed Hugh Laurie, George Clooney, and Brad Bird. Like, three staples, like, three, like, early 2000s to the mid-aughts staples that could not be undefeated literally crumbled their career. Britt Robertson didn't even get a career. Like, she's been stuck in, like, almost, like, you know, in second year or even first year since that movie. Like, that movie, man, 
Like I was, I don't even think like that was around the time I first started working with like, like it was like a couple of months into like first working with film dispenser. And I still remember like talking to Spencer about it. Like, cause he went to go see it first day, first screening in IMAX. And he was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, and I could tell in his voice and I was going to see it. I was on my way to see it and going, Oh no, this movie sucks. And then seeing it and going, what happened here? It was the same. It was the, it was the same thing with Prometheus with him. Like, it's like it starts off good and then there's a certain point where it just it drops off and you don't know who to blame because you're like I, yeah i don't i what like do you blame Lindelof for his plots because like ridley scott and brad bird i mean those guys are like the midas touch at that time um i mean well, then, got- like you you heard about all the <laughs> behind the scenes prometheus stuff right where oh yeah like, the the now yes the end of the movie is just I, I don't even know if that's a script failure it's more much as it's just we don't know how to end this movie um yeah. but like the the overall plot like the the whole uh religious aspect that got excised um yep. that was fucking brilliant i mean truly truly brilliant um and like that that kind of made when i read that it you know, I took two steps back and was like, okay, so is this just a, like, a cowardice thing where they didn't want to commit to, like, oh, yeah, it turns out Jesus was an alien, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And so everybody backed down and they had to just rework what they had. Or, And then, you know, you have his work with Roberto Orsi, who, I mean, you can... I guess now take a look at it and go, uh, Orsi was a little insane. Um, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> like he, he is truly like after his rant about Star Trek and all that other shit that he did, he went on. Um, he kind of like in the best, like I, it's the worst in the best way possible because we're all, we're talking about like insider baseball and you guys can like, we're not going to explain this shit to you because you have to do your you own can research. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can Google it. But when he started to go deep state on everybody, like my favorite part about that was that it broke the trust. It broke that, that distrust, the bad robot distrust into pieces. And that's what it needed. That's what needed to happen. Like, Kurtzman needed to stay with Paramount and and Star Trek to rebuild it because to be perfectly honest, I've seen all the Star Trek stuff post post JJ Bad Robot bullshit, um, which it's not. It's not. I mean, I like each of the movies for what they are. The JJ universe, I like the cast a lot more than I like the the yes. movies. Right? Um, though I feel like um, though I feel like the first one is just a banger of a movie. Like, that first one, I don't know, like, I mean, kids nowadays, they don't understand in 2009 when we got a Star Trek that was, like, a cool Star Trek. Like, like it was, like, like that first weekend when it opened, and you went, what? Wait, 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 let's stop for a second. What? There's a Star Trek out here that made, like, $100 million. And, like, I mean, I was there opening weekend, and I saw it, and I went to go see it three times. That's how fucking, like mistrusting i was i saw it with one of my best friends at the time at midnight when we had midnight screenings fuck you fucking dark night in the u.s and gun laws <laughs> um uh and then 
that Saturday I went to go see it with my dad because he's the biggest Star Trek fan. And he was like, I, he's like, what that, wow. And then Sunday I just went to go see it again because I just wanted to be sure. But like, you know, Kurtzman going that way, um, you know, Roberto Orsi going away, which is nice because, yeah, you know, nobody mostly needs been relegated to like, I, I think he, he held on to the Transformers franchise and like developed, um, an animated series and then yes. outside of like his CBS work. Cause he was, uh, he was the Hawaii five guy. He's that, that re developed it for new audiences or whatever, rebooted it. Yeah. Um, but like, just as like an executive producer, like beyond that, I don't think he's done much of anything since he kind of went on his, uh, like you said, his deep state <laughs> crazy. His shit. deep state rant. Um, I was like, whoa, bro, you need to slow your roll. But anyways, like, he went, yeah, like, you know, well, I mean, CBS is, like, <laughs> with the exception of a few things, I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, I'm surprised he's not attached on to, he's not, he didn't do the Taylor Sheridan, he didn't try to become Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, like, with uh, Yellowstone, because, I mean, that just seems, like, right up his out, like, where his interests lie, and where that shows, like, general audience lie like they the two shall meet i'm not gonna say anything more than that um but like and then jj went off to make star wars movies and try to ruin the franchise like he did with star trek um uh, because you know we know that he he loves to start things that he can't finish he's like he's like that kid that we all knew in junior high or junior high and elementary school that fucked around and found out because he had a big mouth and then when he got smacked in the face, he started crying like a little bitch. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that, was, that was unwoke of me. But he started to, like, run his mouth that his body couldn't, couldn't catch. And when he got smacked in the mouth by some kid who he pissed off, he went crying. Like, that's JJ. Like, that yeah. is literally JJ. Like, that's the equivalent of him. Like, runs his mouth. But then when it comes time and you have to pay – and the chickens come home to roost and you have to pay the piper. We get Ray Skywalker. Like, come on. <laughs> we, uh, we get the mess. We get the mess that Dave Filoni has to fucking fix. Yeah. Um, like, speak, speaking um, of. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what have you been watching? But you did tell me that you, you were able to finish off The Mandalorian. Um, yes. Uh, thoughts? Okay, so I have a question for you because this is the question that's been that's been happening in our household, um, which is, and I th I'm of one theory, and I will let you once you've said your your thought is, but so the way that it ends, do we think that the Mandalorian is officially done for until the movie? I I don't think so. Like uh, you know? I I think it's it's a way to close that chapter on okay and, and so th this the first three seasons and whatever they tacked on to Boba Fett has been a way for yeah. Favreau and Filoni to work together I okay. think everything after this is probably going to be more Favreau like 90% Favreau 10% Filoni it hasn't been quite half and half because it it has really been uh, Filoni, uh, not Filoni, it's Favreau's show with Filoni yeah. just stepping in and going like, here's some Star Wars knowledge 
to help the situation. But, like, I think we're just going to get a straightforward, like, couple of seasons of them being bounty hunters. Like, I think that's what we're going to see. Okay. So, with that, um, I... Okay, so I am both cautiously optimistic because we're getting back to what... If Filoni is not around... I'm I'm feeling okay with that iteration of of the Mandalorian. I don't know if I feel comfortable with this going into Mando culture without him because yes, this season this season has been like it start like okay so like recontext reframing everything this con this season has probably been the best of the three and i know that people are going to give me a lot of shit for that <laughs> yeah. but yeah. you are one of the few people that think that <laughs> yeah i know uh, i know but like when everybody takes a step back and realizes how much mando culture they got and how much they got like basically this season told a like an arc that I feel like that needed like an arc that probably should have been told in rebels, but they didn't get an extra season to tell it. So rather than doing it, like they did a very smart thing, which is jump contextually away from, from rebels and like do this jump where we, we, we do what star Trek does best, which is allows you to fill in the gaps because I don't know if we're, I hope we don't get the we don't get the fall of Mandalore. Like I need it to stay the way that it stayed, which is bits and chunks and let me fill it in with my brain. Like it's very much brain, like right? uh when Doctor Who came back and all you just heard was about the the time war or whatever and like you yes. never got to see it. Like you never you just hear about the you've seen the aftermath and you hear about how awful it was. But yeah, I'm with you. Like we've seen like a couple of scenes where like bombers like bombing the planet and like we don't need yeah. to relive all that it's it it's much more it this sounds fucked up but it's much more traumatic like watching like the characters just talk about it rather than yes like showing us what happened you know like, yes it's like what like it's like listening to vietnam vets for versus like I don't want to watch the Forrest Gump version of the fall of Mandalore, you know? It's like, (laughs) you don't make (laughs) Vietnam look that terrifying, but when you hear Vietnam vets talk about it, it's just like, that sounds fucking awful. Um, So, yeah, it's way more uh, impactful uh, if we just never see it. Exactly. And... To be quite honest, if people look back and actually watch this show as a whole, because I've been thinking about it connection-wise, and I've been keeping that in my head and replaying it. So, like, when the finale came up, this literally is a star, like, is a giant-ass five-hour Star Wars movie about Mandalore and the retaking of Mandalore. Like, it feels like, like, when you when you piece it together, it feels, that for the first time, the series doesn't feel like it's, it like, the... The, the first two seasons have always been this like roller coaster ride of like one offs side uh, one off side quests and like man uh, like and Mando's story along with Grogu's story and they kind of finished that like 
whether or not they realized it or not, and I think that they did after Book of Boba Fett, is that they finished Grogu and Mando's story, and there's nothing else to do other than spin the wheels. And so they came up with a fuller concept of a season where, but they didn't tell us this. Like, that's the thing that I I feel like they really needed to recontextualize and, and forewarn us that, and I think that this is where people, okay, so like, this is where true deep state Star Wars fans are separated from just, I like baby Grogu. I just want the baby Grogu <laughs> and the froggies. Um, uh, there, there's so many of those. There's so many people pissed so off that Grogu many. has been basically sidelined for this season. And I'm like, what was he doing in the other seasons? Because <laughs> he hasn't exactly. done that much. <laughs> but then when they get, okay, so like when they gave him, um, when they gave you a semi side quest version of this, like the full on Grogu thing, like, oh, okay, you want Grogu, we're gonna give you Grogu, but we're also going to give you Grogu, and we're gonna make it a, a, with a side of Lizzo and a special sauce version of Jack Black. They hated it. Like, this is what I don't get about fandom. You ask for something, no, you fucking get it. Star Wars you- fans are the fucking, like, as speaking as. <laughs> One who the Star Wars first, yeah. <laughs> the fucking worst, man. They're the worst. They are never happy with anything that they get. Like it doesn't matter what they I mean, uh, there's so many great examples of how they're the worst, but like maybe none more than running George Lucas out of his own franchise for like so so much so he sells it to Disney. Disney develops more movies. By the second Disney movie, Star Wars fans are demanding that George Lucas come back to Star Wars. And it's like, but yeah. you hated what he did with it. <laughs> so like, it's, the, it's, they're, they're just it's the a, worst. <laughs> it's the Nolan theory, except for it, it's it's the Nolan theory plus one and a half, which is <laughs> you, you you spend a long enough time. You you become you go from the hero to the villain back to the fucking hero. Yes. Like it's it's stupid. Like, but here's the thing: is that real Star Wars fans know, like, so, like, deep state, like, felony, felony followers, like we are, like, we know, like, as soon as we saw what happened, it was like, oh, he's telling Bo Katan's story, and he's not just telling her story; he's telling Mandalore's story, and the reunification and reformation of this, of this, like, uh, of this world that was decimated and coming back stronger because like there's this like weird undercurrent of like like a religious of like of, like the different various religious theocracies that are involved in in this and kind of like I, well, if I attribute all... a lot of that to uh John Favreau not I don't know Filoni's yeah. like uh, theocracy or anything but I do know Favreau is like pretty like in like I don't want to say into his religion, but like he's I, I don't want to say devout because that's a thing that gets associated with Catholics. But like he's Jewish yeah. and like he is like he he does the traditions. He knows the history. He's like he he's very like that person. So he brought a lot of that into like the telling of the story of how Mandalore tore itself apart, like despite 
the the efforts of the the empire to bomb into hell and what it and I, i'm so like i've heard so many people talking about like uh the the, the base that moff gideon has and i'm like was were people surprised by that because like yeah I, from fairly early on I, like especially as like in like episode three when we see those like uh tie fighters at, at bo katan's place and she's like well, what are they doing here i'm like moff gideon's or maybe not moff gideon but i was like there's a base on mandalore that's why they're trying to keep everybody out, out of mandalore that's why they bombed it that's like from the jump i i was just like that's what's happening and that turns yeah. out, yeah, that's what was happening. <laughs> and I also listened to one <laughs> podcast. They were like, well, can you even, like, do you even understand what Moff Gideon was doing? Like, what was all this for for him? I was like, they do everything except spell it out for you. How do you not well, fucking understand one, this? <laughs> well, in the final fucking episode, he literally fucking says what he's doing. Like, he literally, like, after Mando fucking gets rid of his clones, he's like, he's like, you know, thanks, motherfucker. You fucking ruined yeah. my force power. Like, I was going to be rebirthed as a as multiple clones with force powers. And the, like, he made, like, Mob Gideon had a side, a side hustle where he was creating dark troopers in his, it, like, him as a dark trooper, but with force sensitive powers and Mando culture, Mando armored culture, like, like toppings. Yeah. He like, literally a, says I was going to have like the yeah. best of everything. The best of everything because he was an obsessive and he was a person that like, 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 like <laughs> he, I, he was, I also love. He was a star he Wars was, collector. <laughs> exactly. That's a fucking what he was, dude. That's what he, fucking was dude he was he, he was the worst kind of star wars fan like, and his mommy well, threw away his action figures and now he's pissed yes yes he's pissed at his best friend who has a dog like, that's literally <laughs> what it is like his friend comes over and says hey bud you want to come out fuck you man fuck you and your dog i fucking hate I'm you i'm gonna play with my star wars um, toys <laughs> yeah Oh uh, yeah, the I, like, I like the, the finale, man. I I thought oh, it was man. really good. I I didn't like the way it ended. That that was disappointing yeah. to me. Um, the the Lord of the Rings twenty five endings. Yeah, well, that's what makes me think like it's done because it, like yeah, literally we, yeah. we. I mean, uh, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Well, I I I, I agree. Like I I so going back to jumping back a little bit what you were talking about mm -hmm. is so one of the things that a hundred percent has been a problem with this show from the from the jump was mm -hmm. it was like a show about this guy and um you know his his bounty and then it it, it looked like it was going to be a lone wolf and cub show but then yeah it had to become something else, which is not really, I, I, I hate to do this. Um, it's not anybody's fault, but kind of just Kathleen Kennedy's because you put somebody yeah. else in charge of the franchise that wasn't Dave Filoni. He fucked it all up. Um, and so this show had to uh, like be a springboard for everything else. Like, 
I mean, maybe people don't remember, but Robert Rodriguez has been attached to doing something Star Wars since, like, Disney, like, took over for Star Wars. Yeah. Like, he, he's always been vocal about wanting to do something, and he's been fairly vocal about wanting to do something involving Boba Fett. Um, yeah. That, that was never going to happen except through The Mandalorian. So... That's a springboard now, failure or not, but that was a springboard for the Book of Boba Fett. It was a springboard for Ahsoka. It had to tie up loose ends from Rebels and the Clone Wars that they couldn't really tie up elsewhere. Now they have a kind of sort of have had a chance with the Bad Batch, but that's not specifically to just tie up loose ends for the Clone Wars. It's also telling its own story as well. Like, this mm-hmm. show has had to pick up so many fucking pieces and apps for things that it really shouldn't have. I mean, I'm glad yeah. they were able to do it, but since, like, probably towards the end, of, probably at least the second season onward, it's not been able to be its own show. No, because it really it hasn't. it had to do other things. Yes. And, uh, and you know what? And now, now that it you've can be it, its own show. Yes. Now that you've said that, that makes complete sense where they leave it. Like, because I was upset when they left it like that. I'm like. Oh, me too. Like. I, I've had to think like, about I'm this. I'm like, what? I, I, I was not happy. I'd Spencer texted me, like, literally the morning after. Um, uh-huh. And said, like, have you watched Mando? I was like, yeah, I watched it. And he was like, good. And I was like, uh-uh. And uh, he was like, oh, come on. And then later that day, he was, he was like, that was a great episode. I was like, I guess I need to rewatch it, man. So I rewatched it, and I put a lot of thought into it. And I was like, really what I didn't like was the the, the very, very end. Everything else I really liked. And yeah. it felt like an unsatisfying end because there's so many other loose ends. But then I, I started thinking, like, that's Dave's stuff. All of that is Dave's stuff. And all it of that really is. is going into, like, what we're getting next. Not not necessarily Ahsoka, but, like, I mean, it it's going to to probably continue a little bit in further seasons. I, I don't, I, I would not put out the fact that they're going to announce a Bo-Katan show. Like, yeah. they might have... Well- Announced it at a celebration, but maybe things just weren't in place, contracts weren't signed, etc. I could totally see that coming. Well, yeah, like it's. I feel like the Rangers show is not going to happen, but yeah, thankful. Like, but in the best way possible, we're getting a better show because, to be perfectly honest, like. The best thing to happen to Star Wars is like, and I this sounds terrible because I really liked her character, but um, the bullshit that happened with um, shit, Kira, oh, yeah, I, yeah we, we won't say her name, not, not, not like you know, <laughs> we're just yeah, I, just because I don't want to fuck her. Uh, but anyway, the best thing that could have happened was this because what it did was it really took a character that shouldn't have had a show and given a character that should have a show, Bo-Katan, because if anything, this season has proven that 
Katie Sackhoff, like, between BSG and this, man, Hollywood did her wrong. Because she should have been, like, just like Linda Hamilton before her. She should have been a superstar. She really should have star. Exactly. Like, in this show proves that she should have been. And now, hopefully, kind of like the way that... But here's the problem, is that, like, does anybody else but Star Wars fans understand that? Kind of like the way that um, Carl Urban is, like, the biggest... Like, he is the... Like, I don't understand how, after watching The Boys, you don't go, put him into something like John Wick and let him be... Let him age in this action role that he can come back to every couple of years and kick ass because Jesus Christ, like Carl Urban and both and Katie Sackhoff are both people that have earned the right to be stars. Like they've, they've shown they can be stars. Like I just look at it and I go, yeah, these two motherfuckers should actually, actually, they should actually have a show together. They should actually be. Oh, like, that would be, like that would be so Smith. good, man. <laughs> I mean, imagine uh, if they did Mr. and Mrs. Smith with them. Yes. Like, you know, like, like Donald Glover writing it rather than starring in it and just saying, hey, you know what? I want Carl Urban and I want Katie Sackhoff as like a couple in their 40s that don't know that they're spies and end up finding out. But then it's not even that they 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 like each other. They hate each other more because they've been lied to by one another. Like that's the show I want to see. But going back, it's like like Bo-Katan show and the restructuring of Mandalore. That's a fucking show I will watch. I will watch the shit out of that because everybody that's playing a Mandal uh, a Mandalorian is like compelling. Like like that's the thing that I like that the magic trick that Dave has pulled off with John's help with Favreau's help is, is that even with the helmets on all of these characters are compelling. Like you want to know, you want to know more about the arm, like the armor. You don't necessarily want the backstory, but you want more of her and you want her to fill out her context in her story. Like you want, I was that fucking guy that was her, was Bo-Katan's right hand that guy is fucking great. The guy that oh, she yeah. fought in. Um, I, I, I can't think of his, his name. Um, I can't remember his name from the show or his name as an actor. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm a wrestling fan. Um, tell my wife. Uh, <laughs> um, and like seeing seeing Sasha Banks in the background, like like that. They so- didn't give her anything to do in these episodes. No, they didn't. And it was so they disappointing. Didn't. Which I like again, like you have these people that are compelling and you you want more. So I feel like like she had moments, but she was under her helmet, so we couldn't really like, you know, it but it wasn't like the whole series she's been she's been like since the first time we saw her in season two but then in season three it's been she's been in kind of the background which is kind of shitty but also like at the same time i kind of understand but if you're gonna give if you're gonna give this these people a show i'm okay with it because now we can expand these people like this is like almost like i almost feel like the finale is both 
the most Star Wars thing that we've seen so far from The Mandalorian because it's telling three stories all at once, like every finale of Star Wars yep. does, but is executing it in a way that only Mandalorians could execute that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like the sky fight was fucking amazing. Like watching the armor. It looked out like straight out of Clone Wars, man. I was like, this is some it Clone was. Wars shit. You know, like this is pretty it good. Was. Axe Woes. That's that guy. That's the character's name. Yeah. Um, how, how could you forget that badass name? Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, like like Dave Filoni's name in Star Wars Universe, Chopper Wolf. <laughs> did you did you catch did you catch his uh, cameo yes, with his big yeah. ass? Yes, with his big ass fucking hat. Like, come like, on, did, Dave. <laughs> like, could you wear a bigger <laughs> hat, man? Like, God. <laughs> okay, so so can we just can I just ask you this? Did he take the hat from? Did did somebody ed, end up killing fucking um uh, uh what's his name uh the bounty hunter because uh, <laughs> Jesus I can't think of the bounty yeah, hunter's name uh, we saw him in um, Book of Boba Fett yeah oh God what is his name Cad Bane Cad Bane yes there we go did he did he kill Cad Bane and take Cad Bane's take hat because that's a that was a wide ass brim hat. I'm like, yeah. hey, come on. Like, like, did you take the hat? Like, because you know, okay, so like we all know Dave's a big hat fan, and it's not because he's bald. Like, that's the weirder part is that whenever I see pictures of Dave with his hat off, I'm always like, Jesus, bro, you got some, you got some Timothy Chalamet thick, like, yeah. like curly locks, bro. Why aren't you? Why are you wearing this hat? But how much you want to bet that that hat? Like, because it was, I mean, Cad Bane was not a CG character. It had CG assist, but it was actually a physical character. How much you want to bet he took that hat? Like, as his gift for himself oh, from uh, season two? Man. Yeah, he's on the <laughs> set, like, Cad Bane's gone, like, wardrobe. He just goes into wardrobe and is like, yeah, uh, I'm going to take this. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of all his... his yeah. I, I don't want to say creations, co-creations, I guess. Like, uh, after yeah. Ahsoka, Cad Bane's probably it for me, man. Like, just, you know... And, and talk about a character... Uh, I won't get off on a big tangent, but talk about a character that, like, gets introduced very much like Boba Fett, but, like, Boba Fett never... Re <laughs> to this day, still hasn't lived up to, like, how awesome we all thought he was. Um, and, yeah. but Cad Bane, no, hundred percent. Like, like, oh yeah. Another bounty hunter that's going to wind up being, nope. Cad Bane is fucking awesome. <laughs> like every step of the way, he's just awesome. Well, I, it's like, it's like, like, you know, that he had that set up, right? Like the Cad Bane cameo, but does he, did it go all the way back to season two at the beginning where they cast uh, they they cast a fucking uh, Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vance because yeah. if you want if you want a shootout with the Clint Eastwood of Aliens and Star Wars, you definitely fucking want yeah. you definitely want um, your you definitely want your character to be the guy who is the modern day. Like I'm gonna say it, like you know Timothy Oliphant, he's like the like he's the guy that I feel like eventually will be Clint in the way that we know Clint because he's got that laconic thing and it's not like an act 
Like, that's really Timothy Oliphant. Like, you go back to his first role, uh, like, or his first roles in Go, and uh, what's the other one where uh, the juice is worth the squeeze um, with uh, Emil Hirsch and the porn? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, um, girl Next Door. Girl yeah. Next Door. He's even, like, for a porn sleazy-ass producer, he's, like, the most Clint Eastwood of those porn, like, of the sleazy porn producers that you've ever seen in your, in the history of putting porn producers in movies. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, like I, I, I often wonder, is, like, did he do that on purpose? Of course he fucking did. We know he did. Because we know that he probably watched Justified. And I don't know, like, it's, it's one of those things where I'm, like, there's so much in this, and there's so much that, I mean, I mean, hell, like, if you do, like, you could do three more shows with the people that are there, right? You could do the Rangers because, though I'm not 100% sure. That I think we'll see that like Rick, folded into on further into, seasons of The Mandalorian. Okay, that makes sense because of the way that they, they, yeah. they ended it with... Um, I love him because I love Kim's convenience. Yeah, uh, he's such uh, a good actor, man. <laughs> he really is. Like, like talk about like getting getting a plum role, but not even really realizing it because, like, as you move forward, it's like you can tell that they're trying to figure out how to use him properly. But like everything that he does as this like as this like gruff, seen it all like fighter pilot is kind of great right it's almost like i don't know if your dad watched it but my dad watched this show a shit ton and he made me watch it and then by default i kind of loved it was baba black sheep or black sheep squadron no my dad might have watched it but i didn't watch it so okay Uh, but it's a great show because all it is is it's a world war ii fighter pilot show and so like literally i can see the show that they like the episodes because the one thing that Mando hasn't done, which when it does, like it does it, but it doesn't do it a lot, which I, I love the space battles, but I love the space battles in the way that they used to do it back in with old special effects, like the, the original Star Wars incarnations, right? Because there's a reality to it. I don't know if I like the whole video game thing because I, my video games are my video games are my movies are my movies, are, you know, my chocolate and my peanut butter. Don't mix them. Um, I know that everybody loves it, but not me. Um, but the way that the Mando, like the way that John and Dave shoot those those scenes or make directors like Rick Fukuyama, who probably is in on this too, because like he directed the last episode, which I mean, you know, hats off to him with being able to pull off one of the better like finales of a Star Wars entity thing since like, you know, since George had taken over, uh, because it just, or since George was involved. Um, but it's the way that they shoot it because it shoot, they shoot it like the way that all star Wars stuff during that era, the George era is shot like single shots. Not, not a lot of tracking though. When there is tracking, it's usually what George would have done, like through the gun turret. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that, that like on the gun turret gun, camera like i liked a lot of that like watching the mandos go up into the sky but like being right next to their helmet like that kind of stuff i really love and maybe we'll get that more with mando especially with him being a part of the rangers now the big question is if he if there is the next season do we get 
do we do we get like that full Ranger squad, including our buddy? Or is the makeup effects or the, the cost of CG effects just way too much and we're not gonna get I I I don't know. I I think we will. Uh I'm, so I, I think what has happened is that while they want to get back clearly want to get back to the Star Wars movies, they have mm-hmm. uh, finally consoled themselves and, and said the only way we're going to get people back to the movies, like to start with, is probably through these shows. Like yeah. because they're they're so uh, even even if they're not doing huge numbers like initially they were, like they're more or less liked. Um, like yeah. they're not as divisive as the last two films were, or the last three films really were. Um, so that's Solo, uh, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. So I, I think we're gonna see them sink more into it. I think we're probably as great as the volume can be for television, it's shit for movies, and they should yes. not film movies in the volume. It, I don't know why it works fine on TV, but not in film. But th- there's just not a good, good transition there. Um, well, I mean, let's be honest. Like, so your our screens, even at the biggest, is 120 inches. Like that's with projection, and there's the degrading of like you know a stream. Like we've talked about this behind the scenes, where I'll take a Blu-ray over a 4K stream any day of the week because a 4K stream is really a Blu-ray light, right? Because it doesn't have, it doesn't have the compression technology, um, the hardwired compression technology to be able to present it perfectly, right? That's why we, okay, and this is, this is a weird thing. This is why nowhere in the world do they have 4K Mandalorian discs or Blu-ray discs because to be perfectly honest, there's going to be a quality drop because like and the more I think about it, the more I understand what they were talking about with Batgirl, with the quality because it was made for streaming. So they cut ends, they cut things and tie un, un like undo things. But again, the whole thing with the volume is is that I don't think that it's made for like other than like 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 you know being in a spaceship and doing the volume. But, like, the yeah. volume as, like, background for an entire set, it doesn't work. Because it's the, it's, the, it's the thing of, like, the bigger in the screen, the harder it is to pull it off. Because of just how, like, how deceiving, like, like how clear your eye is. Like, your pictures will never be as clear as the eye, right? Yeah. And and our, our, you can just tell. Down. Yeah, I yeah, mean, you're, you're 100% right. You can tell. Like the the more you blow it up, the the more you the bigger you try to make it, the it lessens that quality. I mean, anybody that saw Ant Man, if you saw Ant Man and you were like, it feels a little off. That's why, because they filmed it in the volume, like, and it just volume. it feels off. So, yeah. it, and it works on a small scale. It, it, I think we're gonna get away from, uh, like strictly filming in the volume i think we're gonna see a lot more which we did in obi-wan and andor 
because uh, yeah. he was not going to film Andor in the fucking volume. <laughs> that they he would have just no. walked away from the show before that. Um, so um, I think we're going to see more of that because uh, they saw the 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 higher quality. So I think we're going to see more creature effects. I I I I think we're gonna like really get into like oddly a renaissance of star wars live action television i could be completely off base but i i bet they announce a couple of new shows um maybe d23 is later this year right yes yes i i I could see them announcing disney plus shows star wars shows at d23 for sure uh, especially since Marvel is probably scaling back. Yeah. So they, we might see more well, Disney shows. And the sad part is, is that we now have that whole Jonathan Major situation at yeah. Marvel that will, like, and I know, again, this is a terrible thing to say because, so like, a career is at stake, but also beyond that, um, if it's true, a lot of women... And their livelihoods and their and, and their life in general have been disrupted by this man. So, like, but all it's doing is like Marvel is going to firm up and they are going to probably recast that Kang character. And that also throws a lot of things into contention, right? So, like uh, these Avengers movies that we were promised, I'm like as soon as I heard it, I was pretty sure that everything is gonna get crumbled. Like, and they're going to have to re-go back to the drawing board. Because do you, like, or do you just, like, don't do anything and recast it the way that you recasted? They recast Rhodey. They recast uh, Ed Norton, you know. Thunderbolt. uh, Yeah. Yeah, Thunderbolt Ross. Ross. I mean, it's not unheard of. Um, I I mean, we haven't talked about it at all. I haven't really talked about it. Spencer and I have texted a few times about it. But, like, I, I am... I'm so, I don't want to say gunshot, but like, I I don't know, man, like there's so many, like the way we saw the Johnny Depp thing play out and it's just, yes. and I, I knew, I knew a lot of people that were like, yeah, see Johnny Depp's vindicated. And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I see why you're saying that, but really everything I read, everything I saw was like, oh, these are just two terrible fucking people being terrible exactly. to each other. Like, not saying Depp deserved anything that happened to him. Like, she was pretty vicious to him, if all accounts are true. But, like, also, like, a lot of stuff came to light about, like, the way he treats people that's not also not so great. You know, I mean, he wasn't, like, yeah. you know, uh, what did she do? Like, shit in his bed or something? Like, which, not yeah. <laughs> that's graphic. But, like, that's so bizarre. But um, just stuff like that that... It's like oh, okay, these these are celebrities who uh, their egos have, are completely unchecked and they're being awful to each other. Um, some people have stepped out that have worked with Jonathan Majors because uh, he's a uh, he's a theater guy. So that yeah. have come out and said that like yeah, he's very difficult to work with. Has always has been, um, but then. I don't know. Like you also see other people that are like, I don't know, I've never had a problem with him. Like uh, Michael B. Jordan yeah. apparently didn't ha- has had no issues with with the guy. Like, and they they just yeah. spent a year together. So 
literally yeah. a year on a very a very difficult and complicated project. Um, but uh, I mean, like, okay, so like, but also, like, here's the thing: is that they're roasting this motherfucker, right? They're roasting this dude. And if there's something that I told you, and I'm just gonna leave it at this. I'm gonna give you two fucking words. And th- th- like, this is where I'm like, okay, I have to step back and recuse myself from this conversation because it gets too complicated for me. But let's be honest, Ezra Miller, Ezra yep. motherfucking Miller, this motherfucker has started a cult, kidnapped kids, fucking assaulted people outside of his work. This motherfucker should not have anything. They should no. have buried the Flash. That $300 million movie, they should yeah. have fucking buried that along with Batgirl and taken a tax write-off if they really wanted to. But no. And I wonder why that is, guys. I wonder why Ezra Miller is is still moving forward, but Jonathan Majors, after, like, you know, by accounts, like you said, there are some people that say he's extremely difficult to work with. Supposedly, there's more women that are coming out about assaulting about him assaulting them. Though nothing has been said, nothing has been shown, right? Whereas Ezra Miller, everything has been shown, everything has been documented, not just one case, but multiple and cases. There's, of there's literal video of him choking a woman. Yes, which he should have been fucking locked away, and he should, and the, and his keys to Hollywood should have been taken away from him. But it's not. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything more than that. It's really it's fucking say, troubling. And and it doesn't, like, no. if, if the Jonathan Major stuff is true, like, it doesn't excuse the fact that he did any of that stuff. But, like, it no, is very, very not. troubling that this fucking skinny-ass white kid has gotten away with all of these things with almost zero repercussions. Like, yep. He was like, I don't know, in a jail cell for like a day or something. Like, it's been so minimal that it's insane. Literally, there was a video of him choking a woman, and everybody, and he he tried to say like it was a stunt or something, or like a prank, or like some dumb shit like that, and uh, paid the people off, or I guess all of it's hearsay, like supposed. Um, but like, but at this, the flip side of that is like all the, the accusations against John, Jonathan Majors are also the exact same thing. And there's no video of any of the incidents. And, uh, the woman that, uh, where he was arrested, uh, like said that he shouldn't have been arrested. Now her statement reads a little coerced, but like, that's my opinion, not anybody else's. Um, but, uh, it's all very, just like, I don't know, which is why, like, I I haven't even brought it up here because I'm like, I I don't know, like, is this a case of like, uh, dude gets super hot, super successful and people are trying to take a piece of him or take him down a peg? Or is this a case of like, turns out like he is problematic and none of it comes to light till he is super successful. Like, you know, it could be either one of those things. Um, but you're a hundred percent right. Meanwhile, Ezra Miller is over here doing such awful shit and just cause he pops his head in every now and then goes like my bad. 
everything's okay? Like, nah, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, that ain't right. No, fuck that. Um, yeah, fuck that. Like, like I, I just, like, and this is the way that the world works, and we are very much a part of, we, we've seen this, which is, is that it just comes down to, I mean, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, if you're, if you're white, you can get away with a lot of shit. And that's like, and I'm sorry, but I'm sorry to say this, guys, but I mean, that's kind of not the case right now because I can't see anything else other than that. But again, like, it's all to say, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like say anything just yet because there's a lot to, like, you know, we don't know yet because they haven't actually officially said anything. They yeah. haven't said if they're going to recast. Like, Marvel has been very mum about this. Which um, I, I, think i this sounds weird to say but like um everybody like a lot of headlines that's what you see like what is marvel gonna do like i get i guess yeah. advertisers have dropped him i think his agency may be dropped him um, management company management yeah but not his agency yeah, man, yeah. Uh, agency but not management which is a big difference um you know and, um though and I, many, I, think, many, I think marvel's being smart here like yeah I, I don't want to, I, I know it feels cynical to be like, well, we'll just wait and see. But like, you know, this is not contract negotiations. This is like no. literally a guilt or an innocence situation. And, you know, I I think it would be really, really easy. Um, it would be stupid to be like, well, we side with Jonathan Majors from Marvel's point of view. It's, yeah. But I also think it'd be really stupid to immediately just be like, well, we, we've just dropped him and we're recasting because, I mean, you're severing a creative relationship that can't really be repaired after that if nope. if all of this is untrue. So I, I think, you know, innocent till proven guilty and we're just going to keep our mouth shut about it because we don't know the truth. Is the, I mean, <laughs> from a corporate point of view, is oddly refreshing because corporations yes. don't do that. The minute it's there's controversy, one. they're just like, oh, we don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> like, who? Jonathan well, who? <laughs> oh, that guy that was exactly. in the Loki show? Oh, yeah, we've moved on from him. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's transmorphed into a new character. Um, But, I mean, you know, and that's the thing is that this is like, okay, so... There's this, I mean, like, and this is this is the saddest part is that it, this is brings to light just our troubles here. And I'm gonna say no more because I don't want I don't want that smoke, but I do want that smoke. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like this is the trouble, like this is the trouble where we are right now, is that it's very obvious the and very culture shit. <laughs> yes, because like why why is like if you're gonna cancel people cancel fucking people like there should be no fucking reason why we're sitting here having a conversation of why the fuck is it like and it's not and like people trust me i'm being very sarcastic here when i say it's very weird that they're canceling jonathan majors but they're not canceling uh they're not canceling as a miller i we both we all fucking know why and that's the thing is that why is it that a person like you know why aren't we canceling everybody? You know, like 
if we're going to cancel people, cancel everybody. Don't don't sit there and go, oh, well, Ezra Miller, this, da 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 da, da. No. He apologized. I don't, yeah, he apologized and he <laughs> they, said it was. Sorry, and he, they apologized. Yeah. Uh, yes, they apologized. And they also said that it was all mental illness. And it's like, oh, that's great. So why aren't the mental illness people taking him to task and go, no, motherfucker, you're making excuses for this and you're giving us a bad name? I don't know. You know, uh, and, 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 and like also like so the flip side, like look at somebody like Kanye West. OK, yep. Who got himself into a lot of hot water for tweeting a bunch of really insane shit um and lost all of his sponsorship deals like yep and and rightfully so because like he was coming out and saying those things um and but then like jonathan majors has lost a lot and we don't even know the the necessarily the truth of the situation like i you know this sounds so yeah. cliche and i we should we can move on from this uh, yeah. uh but uh it it is like a fact that there's always three sides to every single story yep you know at least three sides and the truth is really all it like it is the truth but it's also subjective like you don't know um you don't know what was going on and I, it's not a case of like oh well she deserved it nobody deserves to get beaten up nope but like in the heat of something like things happen and also like if somebody hits you and you hit them back like if it's male and female like you clearly look like the aggressor and i have known plenty of people that have been arrested um because they were in a co-abusive relationship yes. <laughs> yes so like it's not always so simple so anyway we move on from it before we i guess yes. stick our foot's way in our mouths speaking of marvel <laughs> um i read something this week that oh, a couple of things uh okay i i told you i've read uh the latest x-men event that's going on sins of sinister it's really yes. really interesting but it's ultimately a, like it's a, it's been a failure in my opinion because okay i don't even want to get into what it's about but <laughs> It is about Mr. Sinister and his, like, gene splicing and, like, all of that stuff, which can be really, really interesting. But yes. they I, they drop the ball. I don't know. It feels like all they want to do is recapture glory from the past. It's like everybody loved Age of Apocalypse. We should do something yes. like Age of Apocalypse, but with Mr. Sinister. And... But we're not going to make it this big, huge thing. We're just going to give you, like, I don't know, eight or nine issues to tell this story. So it's like this jumbled mess of a thing, um, oh, which is really, man. really disappointing. Um, because ultimately, the basis of the story is um, so that the X-Men have defeated death, basically, in the comics. They found a way to keep resurrecting themselves. 
And that oh. that's kind of interesting. That's been part of the, the new X-Men storyline for a while, is that they okay. can now resurrect themselves um, through all of this stuff. Well, Sinister, like, it is playing nice guy, and he has been secretly monkeying with the DNA when they resurrect themselves to replace different people with, quote, sinisterized versions of those people. So, like, Xavier got resurrected, but he's also, like, he's Xavier, but he's, like, a sinister version of Xavier. So that kept happening. There's also this this storyline. Part of the the new X Men stuff is that the reason they're able to figure all this out is they found out that Mora McTaggart was also a mutant. Her mutant power is that every time she dies, it completely resets the timeline, like the entire Marvel universe. Like that's so she loops, godlike she, power. She, Everything so just resets. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But she remembers, wow. like, when she comes oh, back, she remembers. So, so Magneto so and Xavier game the system to reset the timeline every time something didn't go their way. They would kill Mora and reset it. So they'd have to go through every single thing over again? Like, they'd have to go through, like, the entirety of, like their lives over yes. again or or from the point where Mora Myra is born. So basically I, it, it starts from where she's born. Um okay. but uh like there's is a whole back and forth. So anyway, Sinister also discovers that that's the secret they've been using to quote game the system and create uh-huh. a timeline where mutants are successful. So he also does it. He clones Moira uh, like a bunch of Moiras. And so he uses her to game the system so that he has now basically created an entire nation of sinister mutants with these like chimera powers, like mixed match, like genetics and like, so, but really, what? yeah, it's an interesting idea. And especially when it gets to the point where sinister does this. And he's like, look at me, I've won. But turns out when you're an evil son of a bitch and you replace all the other mutants with just evil versions of themselves based on your attributes, guess what they do? They come at you, man. <laughs> like, yeah. um, so because, like, the evil X-Men become the heroes just by default because they're coming after you. So Sinister has fucked oh, up man. because he's They wipe out humanity. They take over the galaxy, and there's one version of Moira left. And Sinister realizes he's fucked up, and he's trying to find the last one to kill her to reset the timeline. It's a really interesting idea that they, like, cram into, like, six issues or nine issues that that just nothing gets explained to the extent that it needs to be explained. And it they really, really dropped the ball on what could have been an incredibly fun, like, throwback to the Age of Apocalypse stuff. Um, well, and it also sounds like with the, the looping, you're adding in, you're adding in a whole uh, Days of Future Past kind of, like, popper. 
to it because you're doing time travel in a way because you're doing that time loop thing. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they've like been doing that, that for a couple of years. So, uh, oh, okay. That goes back to like when Jonathan Hickman rebooted the X Men. That was, his two things were like the mutant resurrection and Moira McTaggart uh, rebooting the timeline so that they could game the system. That were his two big ideas. And Kieran Gillen uh, stepped in and like ran with that for this thing so that Sinister could use those and like game the system to his benefit. And it's, it just turned into kind of a mess. Honestly, the, like uh, the whole X-Men thing since Hickman walked away from it um, has kind of turned into a little bit of a mess. I'm interested to see where they go with it. Um, But the other thing I read was uh, a new guardians of the galaxy series started up this week. Um, yes, and of course, everybody's Guardians is, you know, on the brain right now because we're all excited yeah. for the movie. I haven't read the books in a while. Um, so I picked up the first issue just uh, curious. So mm-hmm. it is very much like they turn they turn the Guardians of the Galaxy into the Firefly universe. <laughs> they are very much oh. space cowboys. Okay. Okay, I mean, we knew that that was going to eventually happen, right? Yeah, I mean, they uh, kind of have that thing like going that. on anyway, but, like, uh, Peter Quill is walking around dressed like Mal from Firefly. It is... Oh, God! Oh, <laughs> like, he's man. got the duster and everything. I mean, he always oh, kind of had the long coat, but it just looks like Mal's coat. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's pretty interesting, though. Like, it's only one issue so far, but... The most interesting thing, and I'm going to spoil it, is so it's it's Peter, it's Gamora, it's um, uh, Mantis, Drax, and um, Nebula. And okay, so, so it's- that's all the Guardians that are in the issue. So it, it's very much a, like, where's Rocket and Groot? Yes. Well, the the whole first issue involves them like they show up in this on this planet to like rescue these people because they say something bad is coming, and and it, it's like very like middle of the story action packed, and they're trying to like get all these people on the, the ship and get them out of there because something bad is coming, and I'm like, oh, is this going to be a Galactus story? They mm-hmm. they have turned. Groot into the new Galactus not he's not Galactus but like the last few pages they're like we have to go the Groot fall is about to happen and Groot like giant Groot like lands on the planet and just starts like uh transforming like yeah like transfiguring everything and everyone it touches into Groot oh wow and so oh, wow. like that's an interesting concept. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I I a lot of people like I've seen some like, oh, they're turning Groot into a bad guy. A lot of people maybe don't know this. First appearance of Groot in the comic, that's what he was. <laughs> he was ah. a bad guy. Um, so is is so is Rocket his herald? I Rocket, we still have not seen Rocket. 
So uh, okay, interesting. And, and okay. I don't I don't know if it's something I missed from a previous series if something happened to Rocket, or uh-huh. if uh, this is just a like to be revealed thing. Because one of the things that happens is as they're rescuing people, uh, like one of them asks Mantis, like, "You're the Guardians of the Galaxy," and she's like, "Yeah." And this little girl's like, "What happened?" And that's when you see the great. She's like, "Well, that happened," and you see this like hit, uh, like literally world-sized group hit the planet and just start devouring everything. And I'm like, "Oh, this is this is an interesting twist." So like, and going back to like the group, the roots of what that character originally was, um, uh-huh. b- because so in the books. They're all Groot. Like every creature from that planet is Groot. Like it it's is Groot. a we yeah. are Groot thing. Like that's all they say. We are Groot. Or I am Groot. They're all Groot. I am Groot. Yeah. So I don't know if this is the Groot we know, if this is a different Groot, or if this is like uh, like a collective consciousness of like all the Groots. Like I just mm. things that I've thought about since I finished the first issue. But it's really good. Like, it definitely is borrowing from a lot of popular things. But, I mean, comics have always done that. If, like, it's going to be a bit of a culture shock for anybody that goes to watch the movie and then walks into a comic book shop and goes, oh, there's a new Guardian series. I'm going to check it out. It's not going to be anything like what you're going to see in that (laughs) movie. (laughs) No, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Like I love that. I love I love the like I love when like something gets rebooted to a point to where certain things are done specifically to be different than than initially what like you know what the incarnation that so many people love because it just throws you for a loop and it forces you to do to to be uncomfortable, which I always like in the best way possible. Like, you know, like twists and turns that make things go, no, 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 no. That's not the way that it's supposed to be. Or kind of like my bread and butter and my jam. Like, I like that. I like being forced to like, oh no, really? But this sounds more like, oh, that's, this is kind of like, ah, okay. This is the kind of shake that you need um, for Guardians of the Galaxy in the written form. Like, yeah. you know, because I know that the, I know, like, I know this much, like, through the, the current incarnations of them, uh, or through, like, the last five to seven years of, of it, it's been very much like the, like, the team has been very much the, 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 the team that's on the MCU version of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, like, changing it up in this way is kind of great. Like, I really like that. I really like that idea. I'm going to have to. I'm gonna have to check it out. It's been a while since I've read the Guardians and also the X Men because I gave up on the X Men. It just got too much. <laughs> I, I I do that too with the X Men every like, and then there'll be a reboot where I get you know where they reboot everything. I'm like that sounds interesting. I'll pick it back up. I'll read it for three or four years and then go. Why the fuck am I still reading this? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I. Yeah, and it's been a long time since I picked up anything X Men related because it's just such a, it's such I, a. I wish Sins of Sinister was quagmire. good because 
it could be like that standalone thing where it's like you just need to know mm-hmm. just enough, like Age of Apocalypse. You kind of just need to know who the X Men are um, mm-hmm. for you to like read Age of Apocalypse and be like, oh, this is crazy. Like everything's different. Cyclops has one eye and he's a bad guy. Fucking Wolverine only has one hand and he's an insane person, you know? Like just all no. of that shit, you know? No, 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 absolutely. I, I'm totally um I'm totally down for this incarnation. Um like that sounds like awesome. Like that sounds awesome sauce. Um it's just like you know like I have to ask you something. Like we've been reading and watching and inviting these kinds of ca- these characters for 40 plus years, right? Like I mean, like since we were kids, not maybe 40, we're not in our 50s yet. But I mean, for 30 years I'm, we've been ingesting yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Like you're at a point where like are we at a point where we've seen everything and they're just recycling stuff? I mean, I think I think we've been at that point for a while cuz even Age of Apocalypse was like just a longer take on like Days of Future Past, you know. It's like, oh, we'll do we'll do an alternate universe or, you know, it it's just got to be and I don't, I don't mind the recycling of ideas as long as you're adding mm-hmm. something new, and yes. um, and and it's well written and, and with comics at least somewhat well drawn. That's also a, the sins of sinister thing. The downfall is like the art is sloppy and muddy uh, and just it does uh, not look good. It looks really, really rushed. Like it, it feels like a thing that was supposed to be bigger than what it was, and then they they changed their minds and kind of backtracked and was just like, oh, we're just going to rush out what we have, wrap it up real quick because we're going to probably go in a different direction, Um, which I think we'll see in the next two years, which feels like a long time. But when the X-Men get introduced into the cinematic universe, they will reboot the X-Men again and it will be a total different, like more in line with what's going on there. Um, which I mean, yeah. that's fair. They, they did it in the early two thousands when Grant Morrison took over, like they, they wanted it, them to look more like the movie versions. So they had all black costumes and you know, I, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's very cyclical and I, I don't, I don't mind so much. Um, I just, I wish it could always be enjoyable. The problem with the cyclical nature is that you hit a, you hit like a good year or two long dead spot where it's just like, I don't know, none of this is fun. And yeah, you kind of get into like, well, they're going to reboot it when it doesn't work. So fuck it. I'm out on this. Like, I'll, I'll just wait and see what the next incarnation is. And maybe I'll enjoy that. That's kind of disappointing. But, I mean, that's all big comic books. Like, uh, Batman. Yeah. Doing it for for a while now. Like, every two years, they just reboot their their <laughs> whole thing. So. Well, yeah, it's like, isn't that the, isn't that the fucking joke? Like, where, like, you know, we have a year off of Infinity Crisis, and then we have a year on of Infinity Crisis, and then it mm-hmm. gets rebooted, and we have a year off, and then we have another year on. Um, yep. which I always, which I always find hilarious. Um, uh, like this does lead to, to an interesting conversation about like, um, 
when the X-Men get introduced, I feel like that's going to be the juice that brings everybody back. Because I think that that's what everybody, like, I feel like nobody wants, like, okay, so, like, hear me out with this. I feel like Avengers movies are going to be replaced by X-Men movies, and X-Men movies are going to be the Avengers. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be just... They're going to be a build up to an X Men movie. Like I feel like you have to do like, and it's not going to be this weird thing of like, oh, we're going to have a Magneto movie, and then we're going to have a Wolverine movie, and then we're going to have this. No, 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 no. It's going to be like this thing where, like, we're going to get an X Men movie, but we're only going to get one every three or four years. Like it's going to be yeah. like, like, or if they decide to tell a story, then it's going to be like. Like I, I feel, I feel like they're either going to do it with that or Fantastic Four. But I feel like right now, what's happening is, is that the Avengers. Like I feel like the Avengers movies, they're good, and we ended that series of Avengers movies. But I feel like we need to get something reintroduced because I feel like everybody is just wanting Avengers movies, and that's just not how. Like we've talked about this before, this is not how that works. You don't get an Avenger movie, an Avengers movie every year. You you have to build up towards the specialness of the Avengers, right? I like yeah. I think what's going to happen with the X Men is I think you're right. A big X Men movie every few years, the way they do Avengers movies. But I think what what will happen with the X Men is you're not going to see individual X Men movies. You are going to yes. see like oh, this is the what New Mutants. 2.0 or whatever or this is generation x mm-hmm. or this is x factor or this is um i mean alpha flight would be awesome but i don't think we'll see <laughs> alpha flight but uh you know you'll see those little factions of yeah. x-men like smaller groups and then or, or you might see like tv series like you know um yes. stuff like that you know oh this will be you know, I think that's what we'll see. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. Who who the hell knows what Kevin Feige has up his sleeve? Um, but the X-Men's going to be a... The X-Men will really, like, re- remake the MCU, or it will absolutely fucking break it. Because, honestly, like, much like Star Wars, I'm a, I'm a big X-Men fan, but that's what the X-Men do, man. Like the minute yep. you involve them in something, it either makes it like like re-energizes it or it fucking breaks it because you're just like, what the fuck are we supposed to do with all these characters, man? You know, yes, there are a lot exactly. of Avengers, but like there's so many different places you can go. And the X-Men are so rooted in themselves that it, you like it always eats itself like it is the snake that always eats itself like it's because it it just they they collapse in on it on themselves because they're so (laughs) self-involved so once you go down that rabbit hole it's just like everything has to be about the x-men because they're like they're just so rooted together it it's really difficult to there's a few characters you can break away, right? There's Deadpool, who's not really a mutant. You know, Wolverine can break out and, like, be his own thing. But, like, the minute you remove, like, Cyclops from the X-Men, he's not that fucking interesting, man. Like, he's not. Iceman? 
not that interesting. Angel, Angel not that interesting. Angel? Yep. <laughs> like, Beast, you know, not that interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't. So, like, this this brings to like a a weird kind of thing that I was thinking about recently, which is is that um, this whole thing of building to the Young Avengers. Um, yeah. I almost think I almost almost want to think that they're the reason why they haven't announced it is because all of the young Avengers are going to be considered mutants and they're going to be, I almost wonder if there's going to be, that's how they get the X-Men into the universe by that sideways thing of like, Oh, well, Avengers don't have time for these young kids. I mean, cause like they've made it very apparent Spider-Man like, well, I mean like they, they've erased Spider-Man from the, the timeline, but the big thing about the trilogy of Spider-Man movies was, kid you're a kid we we know that you think that you're an avenger because you died with us and all that stuff but you're really not an avenger stop it stop it stop it right like that's what they keep on doing but he keeps on pushing against it and proving himself and all of these younger kids kate bishop uh miss marvel um well we know she's a mutant like they said yeah, it in she's the a mutant. show yeah well and that's the whole thing is that it's the beginning of the mutants and i almost wonder if the whole thing is is like the X-Men, as they get introduced, are not going to be the X-Men that we know, and it's going to be basically essentially the Young Avengers. And they go to upstate New York to get God, trained by somebody. people off. <laughs> like, that'd be great, but, man. <laughs> but how great would that be if your I'm teacher for is... It. I'm in for it. Yeah. But then here's, but, the, here's the thing. The, oh, go, go ahead. I, I, we've had we've had Cyclops, we've had Iceman, we've even we've had tons of Wolverine, we've had Storm, yeah. you know, we had a little bit of Angel, we've like uh, these big traditional X. We fucking seen them, man. I've seen them. I don't, yeah. I don't like if you don't ever give me another Cyclops, that's fine. I don't really cycl- like Cyclops anyway. He's a dick. Yeah. Um, if you don't give me another Storm, that's fine, man. Like I don't, I don't. It doesn't matter to me. Like, yeah. Uh, I, people do get hung up on like the X-Men as a concept, like, you know, is, is fun enough. Like, and there's so many different mutants and there's so many we haven't seen on screen. Like I'm like, I'm okay with it. And then if 15 years from now, uh, God willing, I'm still alive. Then we get like those traditional X-Men again. I'm okay with that, man. Like I'm totally yeah. cool with it. So I, I, I honestly, for all the shit he is as a person, I don't know if we could get better iterations, live action of those carrot. Well, Rogue, we certainly could. Um, of the no, <laughs> no offense to her, but that like she's just yeah. a waste of space in those movies. Um, she really is. And she really is. I like Anna Paquin, but yeah, she's she's just wasteful in the Brian Singer's movies. He gave us the perfect cinematic versions of those specific characters like yes you know dialogue aside like Halle Berry was fine as Storm like she, I, I like you could do probably better but will you I don't know like it's never going to be better than Hugh Jackman as Wolverine like and honestly I don't know if you could do better than James Marsden as Cyclops you know uh well, or I mean, like, yeah, it gets into this weird, sticky situation, right? Like, like where it's like you're rubbing. They tried up to do it with Todd Sheridan, and he wasn't very good. <laughs> no, he really wasn't. Um, 
you know, which like hashtag a uh, fucking Joe and Mud. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ, Mud, Jesus, like he's so good in that. Like, why? Yeah, like, he's really good. It. That 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 movie, like, it all those kid actors did a huge disservice. Like, that movie did a huge disservice to them because they're all really good, you know. Yeah, um, if except for Quicksilver, better... we did get a great Quicksilver. <laughs> Well, and I'm still waiting, like, I'm still wanting, like, so, like, here's the thing, is that, of all those actors, who the fuck thought that, um... He that would Eddie be the would one. Be, <laughs> he would be the superstar. Fucking, uh, Murder My Dirt. I'm sorry, like, that's a joke from South Saturday Night Live, but, um, uh, the, uh, the, the mayor of, of Eastwood, or whatever the hell that, that show is that everybody loves. Uh, we should have Scott on, on the show now, because he could tell me all about that fucking show. She's got but a new show on, coming out. That's true. That's true. She does. Um, and then he's also Dahmer. Like, I don't... Yeah. I didn't like Dahmer. I, I, like, I didn't like the... Like, I hated that show so much. The first episode I watched, I went, fuck this. I'm out. I'm out. But him? Jesus Christ, he is so good in that show. So he earns... All of the praise. So, like, who'd have known that he was... But, I mean, also, like, you watch him in Days of Future Past, and he's literally the best part of that movie. Like, his moment in there, like, with his dad, and, like, the way that they all... Like, the way that they all interact off of him is exactly what I want from, like, an X-Men movie, but I never get, because everybody is too busy being up in their... Up of their ass with their drama. I mean, it's all well and good, but I mean, I want a little bit more interaction like that. It's kind of like Star Trek, where you want them to hang out for a little bit because these are characters that you've gotten to know outside of this. So, like, having them hang out a little bit is kind of like the the thing that you want. Um, You kind of want, like, here's the thing. In my world, in my perfect world, I would have a Rio Bravo-style X-Men movie. That's what I would have. Like and give me just like give me five five of the five of like you know random random guys. One of them has to be Colossus. Like I'm sorry, but I think that Colossus in his iter- like he's the per like I don't know. Anywho, it's one of those things where I'm like, there's ways to do it, but they're just not doing it because they're not thinking inventively. But I feel like Feige is that that factor, right? But it becomes this whole big issue because it's like. Do you recast Professor X? Because you have two of them. They've interacted. We know that there's a multiverse. But Patrick Stewart is 82 years old. I've been yeah. watching him on. I've been watching him on on um, Picard, Star Trek Picard. And there's a reason. Like people thought he was old back when Next Generation was doing movies. No, yeah. that motherfucker wasn't old. He's old now. Like you can tell that. The reason, like, there, there's a certain way that they're shooting him, and there's a certain way that the the movie is or the show is using him, and it's very Professor X style. But at the same time, it's like he's he's a lot older than what we probably want at this point. And then, do we get James McAvoy? Because James McAvoy is great. I love James McAvoy as a version of of Professor X. I mean, like the same it, way I love, I love Fastbenders. Fastbenders yeah, Magneto we'll is fucking great, man. But like, will right. they do it? Will they come back? Especially after that last outing, uh, Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix, Phoenix. is terrible. 
Um, oh, it was fucking terrible. Well, Age of Apocalypse was knowledge. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness, fucking talk about a movie fucking... that does disservice to literally everybody involved. It's yes. Ugh. Thank God Oscar Isaac was, was covered head to toe in yeah. makeup because his career would have been fucking over with if people realized it was him. I mean, just that knowledge. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, right? Um, but uh, you know, um, I don't know. Like, it's weird because it's like you've got all of these people that have played these things and they're good, but also like there's a part of me that's just like. Do we just fucking just let it go and just recast it all? Though, like I said, like, there's something to be said. Like, right now, James McAvoy, as long as he shaves his head, he's the per- perfect fucking age to play a yeah. younger, the younger version of Ma- uh, of, uh, of Professor, uh, Professor Xavier. Fastbender is at the perfect age to play that kind of, like, they are perfect to age out. For 25 years? The problem is we're so far into... uh, It's 2023. Unless you're going to make X-Men movies set in the past, which is what they had to go and do. Like, you're... Especially those OG characters. You're stripping them of a certain agency. Yes. If you set them in the modern day. Like... Professor X as this like wizened teacher doesn't really work in 2023. It it, it doesn't. Like watch something yeah. like Abbott Elementary, that's a teacher in 2023. Like even the <laughs> older teacher is like you know Barbara that, that's is still what that looks Barbara. like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Barbara is Professor X. To fucking, you know, a a, a guy, a kid that survived a concentration camp is not going to be 60. (laughs) He's going to be 80 or 90. (laughs) You know? But current era, okay, let's flip it. But a kid that survived Bosnia Herzegovina would be this right age. So who would be just fucked up enough and in the current atmosphere of yes. Eastern European politics would be the fire barrel that you could do. I the, agree. Like, but you but have do to you take that from it. that character do, or do you just make a new character? I mean, do you call I, him Magneto? Do you give him like all of that backstory? I don't care either way because like the, the yeah. version there, there's so many different versions of that character in the comics anyway that it's just like it's true. you know you're not you're not robbing like there's different stories there but like do you do you do that version or do you try or, to some more comics accurate version and then wind up screwing yourself over that's that, that's very true um though like, do you really want to piss off? Do you really want to piss off like the the group? And you make it like you said, like you take it to the Abbott Elementary thing, and you make somebody like Quinta Brunson, uh, Brunson Professor X, because then that creates a whole new recontextualization of the X Men and the the 
like the, you make it the 2023 of it all and then you get somebody else to play a version of Magneto a la like I don't know like you know I don't even know who you could get to play like I mean in a perfect world you get somebody like Jonathan Majors to play Magneto because I mean actually he's kind of almost the perfect version the, the perfect person to uh, to play that kind of character or like do you know what I mean like you get to this point to where you can you can recontextualize and recast and redo I, things. I like your idea, man. So like I, now I'm now I'm having this like okay, so you update it for modern times. Magneto is that guy. Xavier mm-hmm. is a soldier who loses the use of his legs. And becomes like a that, yeah. pacifist. Yeah. And they meet in the war. They get separated after Xavier's shot, maybe saving his life. Mm-hmm. And he comes back and like they, because it, it like in the comics, the kind of canonized version is something like that where Xavier steps in, like they meet each other at a hospital or something. Xavier steps in, keeps, uh, that's not how he loses his legs, but like, yeah. And, and like, that's how they realize each other are mutants. So, like, in that, like, heavy battle situation, like in a war, like, you could see, like, Mag, whatever this version of Magneto is, saving or trying to save Xavier's life, um, kind of like mm-hmm. what we already saw in the movies to begin with. Um, yeah. with his magnetic pow- powers, Xavier, you know, doing whatever, you know, some psychic thing. And then they realize each other are mutants, wind up having to go their separate ways because, like, hey, I'm, I live in this war-torn country. You just got shot in the back and lost the issue, your legs. And then cut to 15 years later, he's running this school secret for mutants. And this character that he befriended sort of starts this like rise to power a very you know i mean hitler-esque it is kind of uh parallel to that and it is a terrorist because i mean magneto is point blank a terrorist yeah he's taken like he's taken the that's really fucking good man it really is really like that and it it, it's, You're on to something. I mean, like, and we know that, like, the X-Men are always about... The problem with... They keep on going about it the wrong way in regards to, like, the movies, right? Like, they keep on recycling the same thing. But if you do something different and you recontextualize it, like, the way that I feel like 5 likes to do, it gives it a agency, like you were talking about, that actually works. That works for modern era. And allows people to go, oh, shit, that's kind of scary and kind of, but also we understand where this is coming from because this is the context at which we're, we're seeing it. Right. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's and, one and of those things. I've always like, done, though, where the bad guys are like, they're bad guys. And Marvel does that in general with a lot of their mm-hmm. bads, but like the X-Men have always been pretty good, like even on smaller scale, like. 
juggernaut is Xavier's stepbrother and he was abused mm-hmm. as a kid and he hates Xavier because of you know Xavier was smart and got out and like all of that stuff like you get into those like he's a bad guy but also like he he's dealing with the trauma of his childhood and that's kind of why he's a bad guy they've always been really really good at that you know um so yeah you you just you have to you you cannot start big like and i'm sure foggy knows that you cannot start huge you have to start small people are not going to like that they're not going to want to start small scale story but i mean you know but you have to yeah you got to you've got to like there's no way around this like it's start like i mean he's already started like you said he's already started that's marvel on the mutant like like it's already started but it has to start that tiny because like people just want their dessert they don't want their vegetables they don't want them they don't even they don't even want their dinner even if you ask even if you tell them what do you want well i want kobe fed beef smash burger cheese bacon and you give them that man i want my fucking dessert where's my dessert cake yet (laughs) yeah where's the cake and then I mean, we get the cake. Why isn't it a fried Twinkie? Fuck you. Seriously? Like, you are not satisfied with anything? Maybe we shouldn't have anything. Like, I, I mean, mean I, I get it as from, like, from a fan perspective. Like, yeah. I know all those stories. I know who those characters are. I know, like, all of that stuff. So, you force-feeding me another version of, of Spider-Man, for example, which... To Feige's credit, he did not do. He's like, we're not going to do fucking Uncle Ben again. We're not feeding that to the audience again. So uh, I I think I trust in that. Um, Spider-Man's a really good comp because... uh, Well, here comes the alarm. Sorry. Uh, Well, in in true X-Men fashion. (laughs) In true X-Men fashion, dude. Come on now. Uh, So, yeah, Spider-Man's a good comp because... Like they had two runs at that character before, one successful that that kind of petered out, one not successful <laughs> that, that didn't go anywhere. Which uh, I wonder who was involved in that. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, Mr. Mr. Orsi over there, uh, as previously mentioned. Um, so. Foggy steps in and goes, no, what we're going to do is we're going to tell a good Spider-Man story and we're just going to see where it goes. We're not going to give you the origin. We're not going to, we're not going to force feed you that bullshit anymore. I, I do think that you have to get into the Xavier Magneto If you're going to bring in those characters, because that's so yeah. important for like, no, it is. Oh, because it, it, you don't want the Batman Joker situation of where it's like, why doesn't he just fucking take this dude out? And yeah. like it, theirs is very much a like it, it's kind of an Anakin Obi Wan thing where it's just like hey, he's my brother, man. You know, yeah. like I I can't kill my brother. Like even if I don't agree with what he's doing, it's really really hard. Like I I think there's still good in him, you know, or maybe there is, and maybe. We can work it out, and sometimes they work it out, sometimes they don't. But, like, other than that, no, like, we don't need 
all everybody's fucking origin story. So uh, we don't need Wolverine's origin story. Like we just don't, man. Like it, we did it a few times now. We don't need it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, you're we right. Don't. We don't want the. As a fan, what I was getting at was as a fan. Yes, I really just want to see a bunch of mutants fighting each other. I do get that, but like, yeah, we kind of got that with Age of Apocalypse, man. It didn't didn't really work out that well. So, because there's no, no story there, and it's all just a bunch of special effects, and it's kind of garbage. So, and then also like, aren't we gonna like like let's be honest, aren't we gonna get that shit with um with like Secret Wars? Yeah, I mean, like that's like literally that's what we're gonna get with fucking Secret Wars, and so to me, ultimately, it's like, like Secret Wars is is probably the most important film right now that's coming up if it ever gets made. Like, let's be honest, like, what, like there's a there's a strong possibility. Like, I keep on looking at this, and there's a strong possibility that they don't. That, that it doesn't, that it crumbles and we don't get Avengers movies and they have to redo the entire timeline for what they're trying to do. But in its current its current state, I feel like Secret Wars is the is the key because it will allow it will allow Kevin Feige and the actors to go, so what do you want to do? What do you mean? Well, we have this thing where we can keep you and do the fan service thing or we can get rid of you and it will be a select people a select few right like like we know that wolverine is already on the table we we i mean it just it is right like even though hugh jackman is approaching like is is approaching his mid-50s um there's still probably this whole thing of like feige has to kind of take that meeting seriously right like the whole thing of like okay we got you for deadpool 3 and we've got you for Secret Wars, but post-Secret Wars, do you still want to be Wolverine? Because we will pay you out, and we will do the thing, and we will let you do be Wolverine for another three movies. You don't have to do it every year. Like, it'll be an X-Men thing where you get to be in the X-Men, and you'll get to be in the yellow suit. Well, he'll, he's going to be in the yellow suit in, in Deadpool. Yeah. Shocker! Spoilers! He's going to be in the fucking suit. Yeah, I... I, yeah, I, I I think we're probably going to see a lot of iterations of the suit. Like exactly. we're probably going like, to see the, the the brown suit. We're probably going to see the yellow and blue suit. Um, we might see the the X Force like gray and black suit. So yeah. And, and I'm and I'm fucking calling it here. We are going to get the 181 fight. We just are. Yeah. Like I have this feeling that Ruffalo has already been paid off. To do it and now the problem is is keeping ruffalo's mouth shut yeah because i guarantee you the way that they're dealing with this the way that they're talking about it and there was a moment in in that whole thing where that whole weird stupid trailer thing that wasn't a trailer where he's convincing him and he's telling him the story there's a moment where ryan reynolds does the does the movements of what hulk looks like in 181 and what and what Wolverine looks like in 181. And I know that sounds crazy in Deep State because I've watched it quite a few times. But it just, it makes sense to me. But the thing is, is that they're going to, like, I feel like Secret Wars is the apex, right? Is the thing that, that they're going to use to be able to pick and choose. Like, oh, okay, well, this character we can take 
this character we can take and this character we can take because they're resetting the timeline, right? So they're, they're uh, the multiverse timeline. So they'll be able to pull people out that they want to pick and choose, but also work with people, but then also give them their flowers to say goodbye. Like yeah. to say, bye-bye. Like, um, like we, you've done a service before the MCU, but we want to put you in the MCU for something. Um, because the thing that everybody keeps on, and this is where I feel like this is where it all came from was the biggest thing that Dr. Like, you know, that Dr. Strange, the movie, the, the biggest thing that everybody talked about was all of the characters that were in there, the, all of the treats and surprises. Like nobody talks about the movie. Nobody talks about like, you know, like the movie itself. They talk about those cameos. Right. And I feel like Marvel is anything but smart. And I feel like the reason why Secret Wars is happening is because of something like that, because of the fact that the pop, right? The 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 thing of being able to see not just the like it's that and also homecoming with the three Spider-Mans, right? It's not just the three Spider-Mans, it like that are gonna be. It's the Wolverine, it's Wolverine, it's the multiple magnetos. It's everybody is going to be in this fucking movie. I don't think that people understand that that all the X-Men people still have fucking movies on their contract. Yeah. They still have movie on their contract. So if Marvel decides to, they can use, they can force these people into like now force is a strong word, but yeah. they can gently remind them, Hey, we'll pay you out this month. Well, what? Yeah. And what they don't want to do, they, they, it, it becomes a twofold thing, right? Like you yeah. don't want to move on. Cause you wind up like, because they still have a contract, then you're like, Oh, we still have to pay them. But they also want to be let out of their contract. So if you move on without paying them something, then like you're going to get sued. But you, if you exactly. want to move on, like this is a good way to like everybody come in one last thing. This fulfills everybody's contracts. You probably only get a uh, paid scale um, just based on the size. If they do what we're talking about just based on the size of everything, they get paid scale for their five or six minutes or whatever total screen time. And then everybody's that, that still under contract with Fox, their contracts are done. Everything rene renegotiates from ground one starting there. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like it's the best of business and commerce, the way that Secret Wars, because as soon as I heard it, I was like, man, this is so fucking crass. But then I started thinking about it more, and I'm like, this is giving people what they want. It's fulfilling a business need. Like you said, like the whole thing about, like, you know, contracts, right? Like, you know that, like, every lawyer that that has an X-Men client is just rubbing their hands, waiting for that, for that shit to happen. And like, oh, breach a contract. Give me my fucking money. Give us our fucking eight million dollars that you guaranteed for Sophie Turner for the next the, the the next version of her, or fifteen million for Jen Lawrence because she still has two X Men movies, even though she doesn't want to do them, and she got killed off. Oh my God, spoilers! Um, but like you know, it's all there, sharpened and waiting. But this fulfills that need, like you said, like you know, scale or like a five hundred thousand dollar kicker. Like, you know, because $500,000 is well, is worth all your time and efforts because you're only going to be there for, for two weeks. So you're basically making a quarter million dollars a, a week and you get a bump in popularity. Like, you know, yeah. you, you'll be able to strike while the iron is hot. 
And I can guarantee you those parts are going to be written to perfection for that actor. Whoever decides to join, they're going to be like, if you don't think that like, you know, um, Wolverine for Hugh Jackman in that movie is not going to be the best version of Wolverine with the best lines that you've ever heard Wolverine say, you would, you would be doing yourself a disservice to think that they, they wouldn't be able to do that for that guy. Because, you know, when you have a half a billion dollar movie and you have all the writers that you want, I mean, hell, he even could bring in his own writers. Like, that's going to be the thing, right? Is going to be, we're going to give you the best version of this character and then you're going to be able to send them off and then for those other people, it's going to be like, we're going to be able to send you off or we can renegotiate a contract because we really like you in this role. And we want to like further you, but we want to do the Marvel version of you, not this weirdo Fox version where, you know, you're in black, you're wearing black suits and stuff because, yeah. you know, the yellow suit, like that's the most exciting part about this is the yellow suits are going to come back. I mean, they're just all right. Like there's like, I, I feel like they're, they're going to come back because we've already set it up in a universe where we can have that. Um, so, but yeah, like, you know, um, it's going to be interesting. Like, I have to ask you, um, because it's something that's been percolating around, uh, since we're talking about comic books and we were just kind of like wiling out right now. Um, what do you feel like the rumor about Adam Driver playing, um, Mr. Fantastic? <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's interesting. I think the it was Adam Driver and who was it that they were saying was playing Sue Storm? Uh, Sarah Jessica oh, Parker. Uh, that Elise, was the one I was just Sarah like, Jessica. no, no. Uh, no. Like, I, I'm not. First of all, I don't think she's that good. Second of all, like, Adam Driver's like 30. Sarah Jessica Parker's like yeah. 50. Yeah, like, no, I think she's actually closer to 60 now. Like, like, that's crazy, right? Like, what the like, fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, though, like, I didn't see the Sarah Jessica Parker thing until after and I saw the original article. I was like, oh, come on. Now yeah. that's just hogwash. But I had to pause because I was like, Adam Driver and Reed Richards, like, Reed Richards is like a stick in the mud, right? Like, he, like, that's, like, I've always, well, like, that's it depends always... on what you're, what you're doing. Okay. So, yes. The ultimate universe has been a kind of sort of inspiration for a lot of things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is true. Yes. Regular MCU comic book universe. Reed Richards is very. He is Ian Griffud from the fucking. <laughs> it is the most perfectly cast that role will ever be like that is who Reed Richards is. The problem with that movie is in no universe does he land Jessica Alba. <laughs> like, it's just not happening, no. dude. Like, no. in that universe, it's a Luke and Leia situation, and the brother and the sister are probably sleeping with, or I shouldn't say Luke and Leia. I should say uh, the, uh, Ga the Game of Thrones couple. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very much now that I've... situation. Jamie where... and Cersei. Jamie yes. and Cersei. Yes. They're definitely yes. sleeping with each other because it's Chris Evans and Jessica Alba. But anyway... Uh, in the ultimate universe, Reed is, that's where the, the, uh, the failed Fantastic Four reboot, that's where they drew a lot of their inspiration. And that was that version of Reed. He was the, um, uh, rock, not rock star, like punk rock scientist. Yes. And not, I could see right. Adam Driver as a 
com- like a combination of those two characters. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Um, because he is both semi-serious and kind of goofy. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like Adam Driver, like he's like um like he's in a movie with Harry Potter where he goes, "I just had sex and I'm about to eat nachos." <laughs> Uh, like I mean, you don't get any goofier than that, right? Though, yeah. like, like, like you know, though he is very, like, you know, he's very self-serious, especially when it comes to to acting. Um, I mean, it, like, you know, he's like kind of like like if you were to ever have Harrison Ford, like, you know, do another thing where he has to have a son, like, like you you would cast Adam Driver again because they're both kind of cut from the same ilk. Like, they hate fandom. Like, they really do. Like, I mean, and I'm not mad at him, but it's definitely a thing, right? Like, he's a sourpuss. Like, he's a kind yeah. of a stick in the mud. And you kind of, like, in, in like if you cast out of a driver, he absolutely is the dude who loses, who loses Sue to, um, to, um, um, Jesus, what's his name? He was just in Black Panther. Why am I losing names today? Um, Who? good work. Not Aquaman, but oh, Namor. Aquaman. Oh, Namor. He he absolutely loses Sue Storm in whatever iteration that she's in. Yes, hundred uh, to Namor. <laughs> absolutely, because he's that kind of self serious stick in the mud. And I kind of want that version of because we've gotten so many people that are like every scientist is a kooky good guy, right? Like I want an introspective like on the spectrum i know it sounds bad but on the spectrum scientist and i feel like like that's like like mr fantastic you don't you don't become a dude who can quantum realm jump unless you're like you know and do it well and do it to a point to where you do it so well that you take your family your nuclear family and you turn them into fucking mutants basically because of what you did um, unless you are a self a self-serious, arrogant, like very like, you know, very Stephen Hawking's but not in the chair kind of dude, right? Like, I don't know. Like it, it feels like it's either you either do that or you go the Eddie Redmayne route where you yeah. get a guy who is so quirky and so goofy, um, who's basically a grown version of Peter, so that Peter becomes like idol worship to him. Because I mean you know, I feel like that's going to be the thing with Fantastic Four. If like, if like, you know, if the if the contracts are true and he's gotten extra movies, and one of them happens to be the Fantastic Four, like it has to be a little bit of hero worship, right? It has to be like this is the dude that he looks up to and goes, "Oh, you know what? Tony was like, you know, I looked up to Tony, but now I got Mister Fantastic. I had Reed Richards yeah. to look up to." Um. Because, like, you know, it's it's like one of those things I like, keep on thinking about all these things, and it's like there are certain things that are, or, or do they set it in the past? Do they do what, what what's-his-name did, well, Peyton Reed wanted, which is to set it in the 1960s of the MCU, and then their jump becomes this whole thing of, like, back-to-the-future type of thing where they go into the future, and or they go into a parallel, they're in a parallel universe, and they jump to Marvel That would be interesting. Right? Yeah, that would be yeah. interesting. So, 
Because because um, then you get the best of both worlds, right? You get the, yeah. the NASA '60s Kennedy era beautiness, and then you just you have them jump, and they think they're jumping into the future when it's really six one six. Because that's what the, that's what the designate yeah. is, right? Right? It's six one six. It depends on who you ask. Ah, uh, yeah. Kevin Foggy says the the cinematic universe is the six one six universe, but that flies in the face of the the actual established Marvel multiverse, which is that the comic book universe is the six one six universe, and the cinematic universe, which has appeared in um, the Marvel comics, um, okay, and and is I forget the designate, but we're about to see that kind of sort of dealt with in uh, uh into the spider-verse yes yeah because into the they are they do reference like it, 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 it yeah feige insists that his universe is 616 the comic book folks will tell you that is not the 616 universe <laughs> So I stay out of the argument because I'm just like, eh, I mean, you know, it's whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm oddly more excited for, even though we have no inkling that anything's going to be announced at D23 this year, and it is months away. I'm more excited for D23 this year than I have been in a really long time. Maybe because there's no inkling of anything. And also, we've got Bob Iger back. So he's going to want to make a splash. If for no other reason than like, hey, man, like that stock's got to go up. (laughs) So. Yeah. I'm calling it right now. Okay. So like I'm calling it right now. If Jonathan Majors gets recast, it's going to be Daniel Kaluuya. I'm just saying. I can see award winning. Daniel yeah. like I feel like he's like even though he's in like I know that he's in the, the 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 universe, but I feel like a comp because he's no longer there. Like, and people's attention spans are very short. I feel like that, that could happen. There's a lot of other people that that they could actually take, but I feel like Kalua like is that dude who they made the wrong decision by just casting him in a supporting role because. Yeah. Like it's the it's that thing of like how long do you wait till you cast somebody right? But yeah. again, it could very well be that they keep him. I mean, maybe that's why they're 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 mum because they're doing what like you said a corporate thing like should do, but they rarely don't, which is wait until the trial or wait until the arraignment to see what happens and if charges are dismissed. Because yeah. if the charges are dismissed, why 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 drop him? Like, yeah, you, other you than drop, like, like bad press, I, but you yeah. Marvel did that with James Gunn and wound up having to eat their fucking shorts and be like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, hey, hey, James, you want to come back and finish this thing up? So like, don't do it again. Don't react and, to online outrage for something that that is you don't have all the facts for. So exactly, um, and additionally, and here's the big thing is that it probably cost them James Gunn staying in the MCU, which is oh, yeah, probably 100%, 100%. It is literally a billion, a multi-billion dollar misstep. But yep. like, there's no if, ands, or buts about that. That's a multi-billion dollar thing, missteps. The first fucking thing that happened was Warner Brothers saying, hey, you want to come make this movie? Yeah, you like, want to make the Suicide Squad R-rated yeah. off, the, off the hook? 
Yeah, we'll let um, you do whatever you want because we don't know what the fuck we're doing. And he steps over there. They they like working with him. The movie wasn't a success, but I mean it was a good movie, yeah. but financially it wasn't. But they liked working with him so much so that when they get bought out, the the new powers in charge is like uh, uh, you seem to know what you're doing. I mean, very much in the way that Kevin Feige got his Marvel gig. Exactly. Exactly what happened to Kevin Feige almost, uh, without the foot in the mouth thing. Um, they're like, Oh, you seem to know what you're doing. Do you want to stay on and like head this? And of course, like, yes, yes, I absolutely would. And now they don't have James Gunn in their stable anymore because nope. of of that thing. Um I wanna end, we can end with this. Um Okay. You you told me you caught up on Ted Lasso, and I I, yes. I really because we have not talked about Ted Lasso, um, not this season anyway. What, where are you at on the season? Because I know a lot of people are pretty mixed so far. So I'm of the theory that it's started at a low point and it's slowly made its point back to where I expected it to be in terms of quality. Um, especially with this last episode with yes. the, the, the Amsterdam episode, which yes. is exactly what you want Ted Lasso, the show to do is take a, take a trope, like literally. Okay. So like for people that aren't in the know, Amsterdam is like Vegas or Atlantic City or um, any place in Miami during or any place in Florida, uh, the Redneck Riviera, um, <laughs> but with sex workers that are legalized and drugs that are legalized. Basically, it's it's it's, it's anything like, goes, <laughs> anything goes, den of sin, but they take it and they turn it into the most wholesome, beautiful, like one-off characters are doing stuff that like every season they have this one episode where characters are doing things that are not soccer related. Um, this episode happened. I don't know. Like it, it felt like a, like a soft reset to go, okay, guys, we know we fucked up. We're trying to build towards something and we've built towards it, but we're going to kind of like give you something that we should have given you before. Um, I mean, it's the first episode that I didn't hate Nate. Like, I didn't actively go, bro, I know you're hurt, but come on, dude. This is your own life. This is your life. You're the, the, the what the fuck are you doing? Why are you yeah. letting all of the bullshit that happened before? Like, you got your dream, and you're still being an asshole. Um, it's the first time where I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. Like, it's it's a magical episode. Because I will tell you this, dude, my wife had to stop the show when raindrops keep pulling on my head. Yeah. Started. <laughs> I was literally because I had had I, I was a little I was a little inebriated because we were, you know, it's Friday and need to relax. I literally I could not stop laughing at Jamie and uh, Jamie and and Kent Roy. And Roy learning how to, <laughs> I can't even say that, learning how to ride a bike. Um, it's and that so was the... fucking good. It's so funny. 
Uh-huh. Oh my god, move your pedals, move your feet, move your feet. And then when he tries to kill Jamie with the fucking bike, like yeah. Oh my god, um, it's just it a great episode. Really, right? Like I, um, Rebecca with her, with her, like this dude. How like, does she the, not sleep this... with that guy, man? Come on, I oh, wanted she... to sleep with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like remember what he said? He was like. No, we didn't. And then he walked yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah, we totally did. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. Like, I'm like, everything was kind of perfect in this episode. Like, I know you hate, like, you don't you don't like Beard when he goes off the off the reservation. Like, I appreciated this though. So yeah. I, I, I and did his, really and appreciate his, this. His David Bo- okay, so <laughs> Piggy Stardust. Like, oh my god. <laughs> So, I love that we got to see in season two we had the solely beard focused like thing, and this we only yeah. got to see the aftermath of, of beard yeah. showing back up and then being like, "What the fuck happened to you?" And well, I love that Ted just has no like no questions, <laughs> no comments, yeah. no, no he's comments. just like <laughs> Piggy Stardust, nice. <laughs> um, and we got to see everybody else's night off. I, I really appreciated that i i think you're on yeah. the on point straight like straight on point with the like oh shit we've got to like soft reboot this season the fucked up thing is like all of this was written and filmed before the premiere it's not like you had yeah. uh eight episodes in or four episodes in the can and then people like there was backlash if if you knew it wasn't working then why did why didn't you go back and tweak those episodes? Like I don't it I don't hate the beginning of the season. A lot of people are no. like that's lost its way. I'm I was willing to be like okay, I want to see where they're going with all of this. The one thing is the Zava thing. What the fuck yes. was that all like unless something happens later in this season to recontextualize all of that? I don't know what the fuck the point in all that was. I so I've been thinking about it and man, like okay, so the only thing I can think of is this season is about is about the like I started like when they did after this when they did the soft reboot like like this episode which is kind of brilliant. But I almost think that they wrote it in to be the whole thing of like you get you get to the dream and the dream is full like you know it tastes of ash right like like the dreams are never what you think that they are and I feel like this season after everything is said and done and it's the last season of course which really sucks but I take I make appreciations for the fact that these last two episodes combined are two hours and seven minutes or something like that yeah. something wild like. Like, together they make a whole entire movie. Like, you could watch these two, and they're a movie. Like, they're literally a Ted Lasso movie. But here's the thing is that I feel like everybody is going through the same thing, which is they got to a point, their apex. And their apex is, like I said, tastes of ash. It's not what they expected. And it's how you deal with that. It's It happened in the Ted storyline. Because he got to the Premier League, it happened to Rebecca because she got to the like she gave up everything 
to get to this point, right? Like she yeah. gave up her the person that she was in love with, um, her 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 personal life. Um, she like the guy that she was married to, who's a prick, like ended up getting everything that she wanted, but he denied her. You know, a baby, marriage, a happy one, all this bullshit, right? Um, you know, Roy. Roy is like, you know, back in the Premier League, he's coaching. He had um, Kaylee, but now he doesn't have Kaylee, right? Um, like Kaylee getting her getting her own PR firm and then everything that happens with her in, in the PR firm. But then it also becomes about unexpectedly getting something out of it that helps you push forward, right? Like, I'm not going to comment on the Keeley and Jack situation because it's not for me to co comment on other than yeah. to say it's an interesting development. I didn't see it coming until she met Jack. And then I was like, I looked at my wife and my wife before I said it and she's like, they're going to hook up. They really are. Um, and like all the players kind of like, like getting a, a superstar and then realizing that in God, Danny's reaction yeah. to Zava retiring. <laughs> Holy shit, that was the best. Like, the, the sycophantic, like, loss of everything is just, oh my God. Like, but then the team not knowing what to do, and then them finding that they're still a team with the pillow. Like, I loved sex show versus two hour away party with girls to hook up with. It just and results it in a pillow fight. <laughs> fight. Like not being able to eat and like getting drunk and then just having a pillow fight while these two girls who have like kind of or not girls but young women that are working at the hotel kind of guiding it to the point to where they got frustrated, which I yeah. find is the most brilliant part about this is that those two those two young women looked at these dudes and why we could play these these kids <laughs> like like we could play these dudes like fiddles and just doing little things like I don't think that people I'm not sure I haven't read the reviews but. I'm not sure if people noticed that, but it was so brilliant. And at the end of that pillow fight, that tracking shot right into them with their martinis, sipping their martinis, self-satisfied that they've got these dudes to get away from a, a stupid party where they would have ended up doing drugs and hooking up or to a sex show that nobody wants them to go to the sex show. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Higgins and the ball kid, the, yeah. the, the ball, the utility manager, like their jazz thing and then him hooking up with those two with that couple oh my god like it was it was what i want from ted lasso but i cannot verbally say what i want like i want them to do these types of things but like recently they haven't and maybe that's the reason why it was because they were setting the table up for this bigger kind of conversation about once you get to where you're going there's still struggles yeah I yeah you're right I and I can really appreciate that like the the like yeah. the getting everything you want isn't exactly it's, it, sometimes it turns out that wasn't what you needed and it's not actually going to get you where you want to go like and, getting that other superstar you know it, like it, there's you're right there's still going to be like a further struggle with all that so. You're right. Like then, that, that, that adds a lot of context to the first few episodes. And let me, let me, let me retract something. Remember how I said, "fuck you" for using for fucking using uh, Rolling Stones in your yes. trailer? <laughs> I'm going to recant that and say, 
they absolutely chose the right song because you can't always get what you want. You get what you need. That's yep. literally the theme of this, this season. And You're I right. didn't realize a hundred percent. And I didn't realize it until like, and it has like, so this show, like, there's a part of me that wishes that the the show, like, if you're going to do this, end it with this, this episode. It would piss off a lot of people, but because there's nothing more beautiful than them having their tiny, so two Cameron Crowe moments, right? That they repurposed oh, for yeah. perfect yeah. comedic effects. The first one being um, Kelly's friend, I can't think of her name, doing the Jerry Maguire, who's coming with me? Yep. Um, which... My God, talk about like talk about an agent of chaos that was perfect comic foil for Kaylee. Um, but then the final moment where they do the tiny dancer, but it's not with tiny dancer, it's with um uh two little birds, um the the Marley yeah. song, which I mean, I love that song, but like when Bex or when uh, when Rebecca looks at it, it goes, Fuck, I hate this song. Yeah, it's kind of the right sentiment at the time. But then, like, how do you how do you go back? Like, that's like kind of the perfect ending of all these dudes, all these people that we've come to care about are in that goddamn are in that bus singing that song, and yeah. it just kind of like ends. Like, I know it, that that song. Yeah, it, it's I I think if if you've stretched out, so what what could have been this uh, up to this point could have been one season. Like, you could have yeah. added a lot to the Zava stuff and uh, like some mm-hmm. more, and this would have been the end of one season. And what comes next is going to be like that push towards the, like the end that we need to see for uh, whether it's a positive one or not, but that we need to see for, for most of the main characters, you know, especially Ted, Yeah, like Ted has to find uh a new purpose like because he's 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 lost so and so so yeah i you're right that that you saying all of that does recontextualize everything i'm i'm gonna starting this week i think i'm gonna go back and and re-watch from from the beginning because i mean we're doing the pod lasso thing anyway we just got to season two um and so uh i I've I've been rewatching over and over, but mostly just the earlier episodes. So episodes, yeah. I, I think I'll start a rewatch of season three uh, now that we're a little over halfway through it. So um, good, yeah, that good. Uh, you talking about it helped me. <laughs> Not that I was hating it, but like I was very yeah. like mixed on it and like don't know how to feel about it. And that that that's that's good. So and, and if you're not watching Ted Lasso, it like even Ted Lasso at its worst is better than almost every other show on television. So it really is. Like it really, really is. Like I don't know like it's gonna be like so the blow is going to be softened by having another couple of seasons of shrinking. But yeah. losing I, Ted Lasso. I think I think we'll get a spinoff, man. I really think we'll get a spinoff. I don't think Apple can let this franchise go. I, I don't think so either. Um, I, I'm going to call what I feel like is going to be the ending of Ted Lasso is that Ted goes back to Kansas City and becomes a high school soccer coach. Yeah. I think that that's... It, it, like he has to go back to his family and not in the way that he's going to get his wife back, but like 
he has a very young son, like spending yes. most of his year in another country when like there's no reason he can't be home. Yeah, yeah he needs to be there. I, I feel like Beard is going to stay like Roy is going to take over the, the club. Um, it's probably going to end with them winning against Nate. Yeah. Um, or losing against Nate, like whatever it is. But it's going to end. Like I feel like they're going to win, and then the 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 happy sad moment is going to be Ted going. I've got to go back. I've got yeah. like you know because now he's got the like. So another thing that I loved was Ted's way of coming up with a plan, a, a coaching plan. Yeah, was through the nineteen ninety eight Chicago Bulls and the triangle. Like, which is so me, funny because I just saw air a few weeks ago, and that's the game. Yes. That's the game. <laughs> right? Like, so like, like, okay. So like, there's so much about that, that moment where he's back home, but he's not back home. Yeah. But the subtleness of like, like we've all had, a, we've all had a pyramid of onion rings like that because <laughs> Bennigan's, whatever the fuck you like, whatever, like, you know, TGI Friday's, always sell some kind of massive like awesome blossom bullshit like that right but like him thinking that he's 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 stoned out of his yeah. board and coming up with this this plan which is basically like he wait like i love the fact that um that beard basically deflates him and goes yeah it's called all soccer and he goes yeah. oh okay that's a great name he goes no it's called all soccer um it's brilliant but He's like, like, they invented it right here. (laughs) (laughs) Like, where you're at. (laughs) It was invented in Amsterdam. Damn, in Um, Amsterdam, in Holland. Um, I I kind of, like, I loved that because it gives you, like, he finally is going to be a coach. Like, Like, that's the thing is that he's always relied on, like, and that's the kind of through line for me where I'm like, that's kind of like, thank you for bringing back Ted. Because the yeah. thing that I feel like Ted has always been is a personality manager, but not coach. And now he's yeah. officially going to be a coach. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all these things. And I hope that every episode is like an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and five minutes so that we get like an extra. Like, because normally, I mean, like normally the episodes are what, 32 minutes um, or 32 to 42, right? Yeah. Uh, some of season, most of season one is around the 30 minute mark. Some of season mm-hmm. two hits the 40 to 45 minute mark. But this season, almost every episode's been over 40 minutes, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. But these last two have been over. Like, yeah. Super. Close to yeah. an hour or over. Yeah. Um, so I'm really. Um, and also, did you know, like, okay, so like, um, here's the thing that I find very funny is, you know, that Beard wrote the episode, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It Well, it was a combination of him, Sudeikis, and then uh, one of their writers, uh, Joe Kelly. Uh, but Hunt, Brendan Hunt, um, also wrote part of the, uh, wrote, wrote the teleplay for this. And, and I feel like, that's kind of ironic considering that like beard is not in the episode that he would write one of the most, like one of the most like fitting personal episodes, but it's nowhere to be found as beard. 
like I, I find that like truly wonderfully unselfish. Um, but it also feels like, I mean, you know, uh, Brick Goldstein has been writing for the show since the beginning. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, he was the one that came up with the concept. And there's so much kind of like actorly love that's given to so many of these guys, um, especially in this teleplay uh, or especially in this in this episode um, that actually kind of pays off. Like, I feel like this is the episode that for every for that leads up to like, OK, so like we've given you all these little character bits, but we're going to really pay it off for everybody because we know this is the final stretch before we begin so that we can really kind of hook you in. It's the episode that like, OK, we're paying off all the stuff that we did before so that you can really love these guys so that you can either get your heart broken and man, if they lose, I'm going to cry my eyes out, dude. I really am. I'm going to be so mad if Nate gets it all. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of ready for it. We kind of like, you know, yeah. you know that this is the kind of show that could go either or way, right? Like it could go. Yeah. They're going to win it all and it's going to be great. Or it like they could lose it all and it'd still be great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's 12 episodes, so we're literally at the halfway point, um, yeah. uh, which I, I, I'm, I'm for, you know, I really am like, I, like I've turned around on this, ep this season and I feel like they're setting it up to land it. And as much as I'm sad about that, like what you said about a spinoff, like that really, 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 really. Like, it's something I didn't think about, but it makes me happy because you, absolutely they're going to do that. You yeah, know that. I, I or, don't think, unless it's just a monetary issue, I don't think Apple's going to want to let go of the goodwill that they have with this franchise. So, yeah. And it's not going to be, you know what it's going to be called? AFC Richmond. Yeah. It's not going to be called Ted Lasso anymore because, like, the show is called Ted Lasso, but it's really become more about everybody and not just Ted Lasso. Yeah. But, you know, you can always let Ted go and switch it into, like I said, AFC Richmond. And to tell you the truth, if Ted leaves, that doesn't wane my interest in one single bit because you've set the table for every everything to be still a great show, a great, great show. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, um, however it, it really kind of plays out, I'm there for um, – and uh yeah like i'm going to be i'm going to be sad but not too sad you thank thank you for that thank you for telling me yeah spinoffs yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah absolutely um so yeah i guess that's uh, you know for not having much to talk about uh that's an episode <laughs> um Yes, Go is. check out everything else we're doing, including Pod Lasso, our Ted Lasso podcast with me and Jess. Uh, go check it out over at xwingfiles.com. Go write and review us on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. Um, and uh, be sure to check out Adam's stuff. I'll let him plug it. Yes, uh, the movieowl.com, uh, where my, my written content and, uh, more importantly, Logan's written content is there. Um, I'm still going to pimp his, um, his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles review because it's that good. It's that wonderful. Um, it's a great way to start, uh, your interest in his column, um, because then you can go back and read all the other stuff, but this is like such the, it's like the Avengers of, <laughs> it's like the Avengers <laughs> of your, 
of your fucking of your fucking of your call. I man. appreciate like it, that. It, it really has like set like you really set the table for this, and then this is just all execution. Like it's all payoff, which is kind of wonderful. Um, I, I had yeah, most of the next one written, and then I realized huh? it was going to be number thirty-seven. And I was like, oh, no, that can't yeah. be 37. 37 has to be Clerks. So I'm, I'm <laughs> about halfway through the Clerks one. So you've got two coming. So it might be okay. later this week. So I might be about a week behind. But you'll get like two back to back. There's nothing wrong with that, dude. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, on my side, I just wrote about one of my favorite movies ever, um, Super Cop. Uh, the Michelle Yeoh, Jackie Chan yeah. action film, yeah. um, I, because they have this beautiful, beautiful 4K that just came out, or that's about to come out on Tuesday. Um, 88 Films did a banger of a job presenting this as the fucking awesome action movie that it is. And if you've never seen this movie, um, I'll give you an entry point into this. If you want to know how Tom Cruise became obsessed with becoming a, uh, a stuntman, all of these tricks all of the things that he's basically done in the Mission Impossible movie since four are in Supercomp. Literally yep. jumping onto a helicopter, um, motorcycle jumps, um, running from explosions, like real explosions. Jackie and Michelle have done before him and before computer assisted shit. So yep. I'm going to tell you it's all real. Gotta watch. Yeah, it's all real. Like, I mean, so yeah. much so that, like, you, like, you know. The best part, like, okay, here's the thing that I've never understood. Why Tom hasn't just started to put the outtakes of the stunts on, yeah. the, uh, like, at the end of Mission Impossible he's, movies? I think like, he's too much of a perfectionist. Like, he doesn't want yeah, people to see I, I, the, the, the stuff like that. Yeah, they don't want to see him, like, how he broke his ankle. Though, yeah. that, that scene I'd is actually in scene. the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like when he's finished, I hope that they do like twenty years of stunts yes. and all of the fuck ups. Because I mean, to me, that's what makes it human. Like that like I was I was thinking about it and it's like watching Jackie for the last, you know, thirty years, like since I was a kid, watching Jackie like and watching the the follies of the stunts are this weird thing that kind of ingratiates him into your in, into your heart and filmic soul because you're seeing he's doing this for you like just the same way that tom cruise does what he does like there's a selflessness to the not a selflessness but there's a there's a showmanship to it yeah but jackie lets you see how hurt he gets so that the next time you're like oh shit jackie how'd you do that how did you do that without hurting yourself and the answer is no I did hurt myself doing it. I hurt myself a lot. And here's what I do for you. Um, but again, like, I, like it's, I could not tell you how happy, like, when I got the package for this, I literally, like, my wife looked at me and was like, what's wrong with my husband? Why is he like a 12-year-old? I'm like, super cop is here. Super cop is here. And she goes, what is super cop? I'm like, what? Super cop? I was like, I was like, Beavis. I was like, ah! it's a good review. Like, that's how uh, I, I, uh, I, uh, I was perusing, read, catching up on uh, my reading uh, huh? of uh, yours and Marie stuff uh, yesterday. Yeah, and okay. uh, yeah, I was like, man, that's yeah. I haven't watched it in so long, but uh, anyway, go check out all that stuff, and uh, we'll be yes. back next 
next week. But no, we still got two more weeks before Guardians. So, um, yes. yeah, who knows what we'll be talking about next week? Maybe Nicolas Cage, because I think Adam's finally going to get to see Renfield. <laughs> I might, I might, I don't uh, know. Like, you know, it's been weird recently. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, we have that. And then uh, we have a couple other things that I, I saw in the theater that I can't talk about right now um, okay. for, for review. We can, we can talk about those movies that are actually really good. Um, okay. Uh, but we can talk good about deal. that next week or we could just end up having like a wild ass conversation. Like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We will see you guys next week. See ya. Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, see it all together. You with me now. Learn.